0: And now,
1: weighing in out of the blue
0: corner, Josh the Punk
1: Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in in. from the red corner, big John McCarthy.
0: Here we are once again, the Weighing In Podcast, the greatest mixed martial arts podcast on the planet. Not a doubt about it. Everyone else is just contenders, Josh Thompson, because we give the truth. The real deal comes from us and we know all. Maybe not all, but we're damn close to knowing all. What's up my brother?
1: How can they be contenders when they're not even ranked? That's what oh, that's true up. good point. Good point. Contenders. And I missed that. Wild. That's why you're there. That's why the, you pick up all the loose ends. Yes, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. You leave a lot of those around too, John. So oh, I, man. just I'm falling
0: old, you out, know? picking up. Your I lips. don't pick things up anymore. It's too hard to bend over and get, you know, <laughs> I might not get back
1: up. John, let me tell you about the, the last 24 hours I've had. It's been, it's been a... Uh, Help! Oh, man. I was, I was telling David, and I said, I still have makeup on my face from Friday night because I haven't showered because <laughs> my car picked me up at 3.00. Jumped on the plane, or it's an hour drive to the airport, jump on the plane, hour and a half to Detroit, four hours from Detroit to SFO, dropped off, I my car picks me up, takes me home, drop my bags off, jump in my car, drive all the way to Sacramento, two and a half hours to Uriah oh. Faber's gym, because one of my uh, students was competing at like a fight to win type of uh, show, so big, big match for him, he's all pumped and everything, I get there. <laughs> He wins in like four minutes. <laughs> oh, Absolutely, yeah. I turn around, drive two and a half hours back, stop and get some lunch, uh, some dinner for the first time. I get some food, real food. Um, you know, then I get into Walnut Creek and I get food, sit down. I'm watching the fights while I'm watching the fights while I'm eating. You know, um, get done. I watch you know the the UFC fights that were on, and I was kind of rewatching some of the Bellator show as well. So I get on the freeway. The way I want to go, apparently my map quest decides to take me the fucking long way, all the way around. So taking it's, you around traffic. It's, be, it's being helpful. You can say that. I don't know what it was, but it took me down and <laughs> going over the hill into, into like near San Francisco and coming down 80. Wow. Instead of coming just straight down the 680, it's just a big pain in the ass, man. <laughs> just a big pain. I didn't get home until like 11-something last night, 11-10, 11-15. I woke up, and here it is. Here we are. What time is it right now, John? Sunday For you? March at 5 30 in the morning baby in the morning so hey we are here for you fans i wanted to give you guys my venting real quick and hopefully you guys appreciate hopefully
0: we- you guys can shed just a little tear
1: yes. just down the side just cheer for us man in the <laughs> comment section just write and still or like crowd goes wild because <sighs> we are here we are here early or on-
0: taking it into deep waters
1: yes i love this so this is uh, good stuff. Look, we had some we had some good fights on Friday night, and uh, the UFC fights were pretty good too. There's a couple good fights in there as well. Yep. I mean, overall, I think uh, both shows kind of lacked a, a little bit of star power. Um, we had the main card for me, and I'm just being honest. The main card for me for Bellator, it didn't quite live up to the potential um, that I thought it would, that it was going to be. But it was still pretty good. Um, the prelims were good. And I wanted to answer a lot of questions for people that kept texting me and, and sliding in my DMs or hitting me up on Twitter. You guys, can you scroll all the way down for the Bellator card? The first three fights, if you notice that they're all, the, the three fighters from there are from the UK and they're from different time zones. And we have a deal with BBC. And so what they do is they try to make sure in good faith, you know, it's not like a deal where it has to happen, um, but in good faith, we want to make sure that the, the, the fans in the U.K. get to watch their athletes instead of watch them while it's still earlier in the night and not at 4 in the morning. Well,
0: it's not early in the night still, but as early as it could be.
1: Yeah, so that's a big reason why you guys are like, oh, you guys are doing them dirty. We understand that. But if you guys notice, though, but guys like MVP will be on the main card.
0: We think they're doing them dirty too. Trust me, we want them on the main
1: card. Yeah, we do (laughs) want them on the main card. But, I mean, in this situation, right, with Alfie, like the fight that I wanted to see was the Alfie Davis and Alexander Shabley fight. To me, that should have been on the main card because we had lost one of our main card uh, fights, and that's why uh, Valley Loretta slid up in there into that spot. But they really wanted to, with the U.K. market for the BBC, they wanted to have Alfie Davis and Brett Johns and, you know, Liam McCourt in that position there. But um, I think let's let's get right into breaking these fights down. The very first fight of the night was Alexander Shabley and Alfie Davis. Yeah,
0: you know, and both, re- both really good in the stand-up. They approach it differently, but it was pretty quick. That You could see that Shabley was the guy. He was able to dictate when those engagements, he was able to cut the cage off on Alfie Davis. Alfie Davis is usually light on his feet, moving around a lot anyways. Uses a lot of kicks. A lot of his kicks got stuffed. You saw Shabley as Alfie would set up. He would see the setup for the spins. He would spin. Shabley would take a step in. That spinning kick would miss, and he'd get hit. It was just, uh, you know, when you, you're you looking at a guy in Shobley who, in the stand-up, he's really technically tight and good. He doesn't make mistakes. He can wrestle. He can wrestle his ass off. He finally, you know, took uh, Davis to the ground at a certain point and, you know, handled him down there like, you know, it was not a problem for him in any way. He's got submissions, you know, at his disposal. He's just the complete fighter. He's going to be a handful for everyone. That puts him to... I think 20 20 and 3 mm-hmm. for his uh professional record yeah, and his his good. losses are split decision losses uh mm-hmm. when you look at the i think he's been finished once early in his career and then he had two split decision losses or something like that but he, uh he's the real deal that he is good and he, he came over and after he you know he he's done with the fight he hadn't gotten on the court scorecard just since it did go to a decision but he looks he looks over at me and he he points to himself, and he gives the number one. I'm like, eh, you might be up there sometime because he's good.
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like in that 155-pound division that we have at Bellator, um, there's some tough guys in there, but I think right now I've trained with him. Um, specifically, I've trained with him for months. He's came to AK and, and grappled and stuff. Um, he was one of my training partners, I want to say, for the Tony Ferguson fight. He was there for a couple months, and he's good. He's good all the way around. He's got good takedown defense. He doesn't really wrestle a whole lot, Nope. but he will wrestle. You know, and you saw him against Alfie Davis. What he did was he he chose the time to shoot. It was like more towards the end of the round unless the takedown was so obvious and he just took it and it was easy. And he made the takedowns look easy. Um, but you know what I've noticed is that he didn't have that swagger when, when I trained with him. He was a lot tighter. In this fight, he had a little swagger to him. He, he honestly reminds me of Masvidal the way he moves his gloves the way like he's starting to cuz he's training started, with him training with Masvidal <laughs> and I had I had heard all this stuff before that that he Masvidal and him had been training together a lot for you know their lot Masvidal's last couple fights as well as uh with Dustin Poirier since the three of them are kind of like in this little group where they work they work together quite a bit so um I saw that little swagger, you know, kind of lifts the pant leg a little bit. You know, he pulls up on the front pant leg. He does little things like that. That's a all type thing, and Dustin was doing the same thing. And so it's just funny because you see the guys, they start to pick up the same little tendencies, the same little swagger, the same little style. And uh, he's good. He's really good. The only thing, if I was going to give any criticism, and I'm really just splitting hairs here, is all he had to do was throw a three and a four. Yeah, because he kept throwing ones and twos but you're your fight alfie davis who you don't know where something's going to come from you know so he was it could come from the it could be an axe kick it could be a spinning kick it could be you didn't know what it was going to be so he i think he was trying to get in and get out but then as he realized the fight he was taking it over that that he could do whatever he wanted and so i mean i thought he fought a very good smart fight uh, I know that there was a lot of probably pressure on him because there w- there is a lot of hype around him. And uh, that was one of the biggest criticisms that we got on Twitter it was like, what do you mean? Shobbly's on the prelims? Like, why is he the first fight? And I had to explain <laughs> to people that it's he He he's on there because originally he was on the main card because it was going to be Brent premise, but then Brent premise pulled out. And so that fight got pushed down. So he ended up fighting Alfie Davis instead. So then they, now for the UK market, they put him on the very front of the card. You know, and so um, you know, look, this is a business. They're trying to make sure that they're um, they're taking care of all their their business obligations, obligations, and as well as trying to help you know build their brand in the UK, which I think is a very smart thing by them. So also makes people want to tune into the to the you know the prelims.
0: I don't know if it's smart. I wanted him on the main card, but <laughs> I will say that you you talk about you know in fighters. I didn't really watch my opponent. I, I don't. I didn't you know watch any tape on him or anything like that. There was no doubt he watched tape because every time Alfie Davidson, who is known as his nickname is the Axeman, he's got a beautiful axe kick, throws it you know, just like Andy Hoog did. He can bring his leg up and down super fast and tight. And every time he made a step towards bringing it up, you saw Shably not always step, step back, but steps to one side, steps to the other. You can see him looking for it. So I thought it was kind of funny. Every, you know, every time that Alfie Davis only threw it once and it wasn't even close. Yeah. Uh, because Chablou was waiting for it. So it was kind of funny.
1: He was very light on his feet, Chablou was. Yeah. he was. It was very impressive to see him bounce in and out of danger. You know, he'd bounce in, take his shots, bounce out. And, man, he has some hard, hard kicks. You know? Um, yeah, that next fight, Danny Sabatello, last-minute replacement, comes in. One on week. One week's notice. Just an absolute stud. And just dismantles Brett Johns. Just, I mean, I, like, just outwrestled, I loved, touched him up, everything. Everything about him,
0: I loved. Because the fact is, he took that fight on one week, which means you're, you're. he knows personally, he goes, I, you know, I'm ready for this. He goes, I- I've been training, I'm in shape, I'm not worried about it. And It was everything he did, because he, he's called the Italian gangster. And he acted like it, right? Everything, you know, he attacked everybody he was you know he wasn't looking past brett johns but he was you know he was saying stuff about you know the champion and, and sergio pettis he goes i will fuck that dude up <laughs> everybody that they brought up that was in his division in the bantamweight division i will fuck that guy up and you look you go you got a big year you, know, you got a tough fight in front of him but man he was like velcro on top of brett johns he was all over him and just dominated him and you can look you know brett johns had only had you know two losses in his career one to aljamain sterling and one to pedro munoz and sabatello did it easier than either one of those guys by far
1: yeah he um his explosiveness on his takedown and the way he turns the corner i mean it looks like he's hitting a duck under on a on some of those takedowns i mean <laughs> Brad johns threw like a punch or even a jab and he just he shot the double and then turned the corner so fast he was on the back and sat him to his hip right away and I saw that in some of the fights. Cause I had never heard of him, honestly, until this fight. And so I did. We did a little bit of research on him. I was like, man, this kid can wrestle. And then, um, then I was looking up more. And then when I got there, you told me the same thing uh, that he was wrestling at Purdue. He was one of the standout wrestlers over there at Purdue. I believe he was the team captain or something. It was like that as well. And so you can see that type of attitude, that type of personality. It's it's addictive. It's funny how you know John Fitch was the team captain at Purdue. But he didn't have that kind of personality no <laughs> they're two different guys man <laughs> oh completely different so it just yeah. shows the difference in uh what teams re- what teams want in terms of captains but uh, i thought he was phenomenal i love the way after afterwards that he he couldn't keep people's names out of his mouth and i love it that's how you got to be when you have a dominant performance like that just out wrestle brett johns control the position and it can be so frustrating for someone like brett johns making your debut last minute opponent yeah. Get yourself man this is not how my my debut is supposed to be so we're gonna see if he, he makes some adjustments and come back but um sabatello had his number had his number all the way around he did he was just i mean and dude
0: the leg turk that the leg ride that he was using just even in the stand-up with you know use the seat belt to hold on to him put weight on him just just systematically very calm very relaxed looking for things the whole time i thought he fought incredibly smart against a guy that's dangerous that you know, he's got a lot of submissions to his, uh, disposal. Just was smart throughout the fight. Listening to him in the corner with his, you know, Mike Brown and them with God, he was, you know, he's saying, he goes, yeah, I think, you know, I, I feel him. He's going for a I'm I'm just waiting on it. And you just you go way to go, man. Yeah. He's feeling everything. He's he just very intelligent, very smart and just executed what he wanted to do against a very good fighter. So that that's the way to make your mark. Yeah. They got that. <laughs> thing that uh scott coker's talking about 135 pound uh
1: yeah so
0: tournament guess who just made a big grand entrance to saying i
1: belong in that i hope it's a 16 man i just don't know if we've got a full 16 men that could do it you know i think we've got i think we've got 13, 13 you know but then you are gonna start watering it down towards the towards the end i don't i don't mind the fight in though too because gives guys like danny sabatello a chance to get into it you know yeah. if you just go with the top eight I mean, you're going to look, I mean, Darren Caldwell is already out, you know, yeah. I and mean, he hasn't, he's not in the rankings right now. He just lost to Higo. And so you're going to talk, like, we're going to put Darren Caldwell, the former champion. you got Horiguchi, who's going to come over probably from Ryzen because that's what the conversation was before. You know, you got Brian Moore, Casbell, Lugo. I mean, Jornel Lugo is fucking savage. I mean, we've got, we've got enough <clears throat> fighters. Josh if, Hill, Stotts, Patchy Hill starts, Mix. I mean, there's tons of them. You know, you got Gallagher, you got Magomed off I mean, you've got all – you have a good group of top ten. I can give you another two or three because you got Brett Johns, you got Horaguchi, you got Darren Caldwell, you know, and – Sabatello. And Sabatello, obviously. Um, You've got them in the mix. Yeah. And so you sure we can get 13, 14, 15, 16 is going to be a little bit of a stretch for a 16-man bracket. It's going to be tough. You know, or, um, I mean, we you could basically give your champion a bye, I guess, and give maybe one other guy a bye. I don't know. No, you can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, it's one of those. Anyways, but uh, I thought it was a great performance by Sabatello. Good job. Congratulations. Welcome to Bellator. You've uh, stamped your name, buddy. Good stuff. Brett Johns nope. coming over and highly touted. I remember when we signed him. Everyone was like, "Oh man, big ad for Bellator, big ad for Bellator," and I'm like, "Wow, I mean, he's got to be so frustrated and, and just like, man, this wasn't supposed to happen." So I mean, it just it, go, it continues to go to what we keep saying. There's good fighters everywhere. Sabatello wasn't in Bellator until now, you know. Brett Johns wasn't in Bellator till now, and they both came from other organizations, you know. And so uh, they just we just got lucky and had the fight, you know, in Bellator. It was good though. It was a good fight. It's good us. Uh, you could tell Brett Johns just didn't know; it didn't have an answer for the takedowns of the control, and then the control the was the biggest part. Yeah, the frustration set in about halfway through round two. Um, the one to me that was the most shocking was this next one: it was Leo oh. and Janae Harding? So the one I got wrong. <laughs> I had The other ones right. I wouldn't say like, I wouldn't say we, we got it wrong. I mean, yeah, we got the result wrong, but I mean, no, it was kind of going one. the way that we thought it was going to go.
0: Yeah, it did. It was going exactly like I thought it was going to go. I thought uh, I I looked at Liam and she's coming off of a long layoff. She had had shoulder surgery. There was a lot of things. She's a really good grappler. She's got very good takedowns, especially against the cage. She does a she does a haragoshi. She does a taiotoshi. She does a lot of different types. She does a hip toss. She does a head and arm toss. She does a lot of things against the cage that you go okay. But then she makes certain things as far as mistakes in leaving her arms in positions. And if you're, you know, knowing what she does, you can take her back at times. And I just looked at Janae Harding. Janae Harding was, I thought, better in the stand-up. She had looked much better in her last fight against Jesse Mealy, where is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. And Harding went to the ground with her multiple times, did very well down there. And I was just looking and said, it's just a very hard comeback fight for Liam McCourt. But... An up kick can change everything. (laughs) Man, she landed. It was solid. And from the moment she landed it, it was very similar to, you know, Gegard Mousasi versus uh, Jacare, the first time they ever met in Dream. You know, it knocked Jacare out. Well, it didn't knock Harding completely out, but she didn't know who she was, where she was. She just fell into the triangle. She was stuck there. And when your brain's not there, you know, even if it's not locked in perfectly, you're feeling pressure, and you know, you, she ends up tapping out to it, and uh, she and Leah had just at that moment kind of tightened it up. But what a what a turnaround! What a 180 as far as you know the result of what was happening. Great job by Leah McCord. She hung tough. She found a way to win.
1: Yeah, for me, it really came down to. Leah was struggling right at that very moment. She was shooting desperation double take, double leg takedowns. She wasn't able to get it. Janae and I actually talked to Janae afterwards. I said, "Really, your mistake was you smothered yourself. You put yourself in a position to uh, to get too close. And then when Leah was down on the ground, you got to control both legs. You know, you can't just throw. You can't control one because the other one's going to be free to do whatever. You gotta keep, You gotta keep your hips forward. You yeah. cannot bend at the
0: waist and have your face." leaning forward once your face is in front of your hips now you can be kicked if your face is not in front of your hips it's very difficult to, to land that strike
1: yeah but john it shouldn't have got to the i honestly i even though i know she's been feeling a lot more comfortable on the ground and we said that she did such a great job against jesse mealy also on the ground i agree you're right i know what you're saying things, but she should have made space and said stand up because yep. that's where her bread and butter is and you could tell that Leah McCourt was fading. She was just deflated, basically, over the whole situation of having to be on her feet. She looked exhausted when that when that, when that whole exchange happened. You know, she shot that desperation double, she ended up on bottom, you know, and she was, and Leah and uh, Janae was able to control the ankle. She just didn't really set it up. She didn't fake it or anything like that. She just threw the leg to the side and tried to come in with a big ground and pound shot. And she got There was a big ground and pound shot, just came from the ground. She, yeah, she walked right into that up kick, and you could tell when someone's still not there because she fell into the triangle, but Liam McCourt's foot was hooked inside the thigh, Yeah, and she just let her clear the foot and lock it in, and I'm like, oh, yeah, she's out, man. She's, she's out of it right now. She's dazed, yep. and then even still, even after it wasn't fully locked in, she was thinking, like looking, you could tell that she just had still had no idea how she ended up there. And so um, I felt kind I felt kind of bad for her but I also was like wow this I mean you want to okay. see those things from your 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 ranked girls. Or- I felt good for you know Liam McCourt again finding
0: a way thing everything's going bad you you know you're having problems finding a way and she found
1: a way. Yeah. Got to be impressed. Well like I said I think it was her last fight in Ireland I called she was stuck dead to rights in an arm bar. Like her arm was straight and the girl, can she kept just turning her wrist and the girl couldn't finish it. She finally was able to get the the leg off of her head and she got on top and was able to do some nasty damage. You know what I mean? So it was, she's wiggled out of these positions or she's been able to get out of circumstances like this before that were deep or in trouble. But she looked, like I said, she looked so tired. She was. She so was exhausted. Had Janae just made the space, backed away, let her get up and just kept touching her and touching her. Sometimes that's the fight IQ. You can't you get a little overzealous and you start getting after people too much thinking you can get them out of there. But you got to do it in positions that you control the position. She wasn't controlling it. She didn't have con- – when someone's there, there's not much space between you and them, you don't have as much control as you think. A lot of things can happen. And uh, that's exactly what happened. You know, the, the uh-oh. But, I mean, honestly, it was shaping up to be a pretty good fight. I mean, we were only in, what, two minutes of round two, and it was pretty good. So that, that's what bo- happens. It's no bo- all good. Um, I'm gonna skip uh, Devion Franklin and Tyler King. I'm gonna go right to Aviv Ghazali. You Hear it. I think for a young for a young man, he's very talented. I think he's what six and zero now. Yep, that was his win set. So he was, yeah, he's six and zero. He's very good. He's got the next generation of jujitsu. He trains over there at um henzo's place with the with the the leg lock guys with um danner's group what are they called
0: the The, death squad
1: death squad they're fun they're fun to follow (laughs) i love how much shit they talk on social media um but they're good man like uh but like look i don't want to get too carried away he's good he's young but when he faces somebody who can grapple just as good as him he's gonna have some problems because he has no stand up he has none zero (laughs) Well, that's
0: what he's with Ray Longo for. He's uh, working on a stand up there at, with Law, mm-hmm. and hopefully it'll get better. You know, that's what the that's what your early fights are for. Is to, you know, look at where are the holes in the game. What do we need to shore up? What do we need to, you know, start to expand on? And and we it's obvious his ground game is outstanding. You know, he is. I think that was his second heel hook submission he's had. Heel hook submissions he's had. Knee bar submissions he's had rear naked chokes he's had arm bars he's you know kimuras the guy is he's just outstanding on the ground but he grew up on the ground he's similar you know when you talk to the you know the gracies you know people will say you know you know, how long have you been, I've, been, I've been doing this like I, I was born on the mats well so was he his dad was a student of henzo's uh, back when he was born and uh he grew up there his dad's been taking him ever since and so his ground game is freaking damn good yeah but you know even in this yeah, and I don't blame him. I'm not. I'm not criticizing him in any fashion. He pulled guard to get this fight to the ground. Yeah, and I don't blame him because he already he felt you know felt it as far as his ability on the ground. It's like, well, you're not going to be able to hurt me down here. So that's that's a smart move against Sean Felton. He can't do that later on in a higher level competition because you're, you're just like you're saying. There's gonna be guys. You're right just as good as you on the ground or almost as good as you on the ground there and you're not going to be able to just have your way with them they're going to stop all these things that you're being successful with right now so you know he's he's got he's got to grow he's got to get better but that's that's what the fight game is it's how you know how smart are you in realizing i've always got to be learning i've always got to be doing things to put more tools in my toolbox so when they're needed i have them and i can pull them out and and they're going to be the difference in me getting that win over that loss
1: yeah if yeah if you were to pull up the rankings you've got adam Piccolotti, you've got sydney outlaw who i think believe they train together so they probably wouldn't fight each other um uh, sydney outlaws out of the henzo place also too isn't he Out of henzo's gym yes yeah well,
0: but now i think i think sydney is actually uh training uh i think he's training out of att right now
1: Oh, is he? Yeah. So then, I mean, like I, the only person I would really see somewhere in there would be like maybe Adam to give him a good jujitsu guy. But I mean, the rankings are going to change after this last week, and like Alfie will probably drop out, or Dan Moret will drop out, and and Alfie will slide down one. Dan
0: Moret would be a great fight for him.
1: Dan Moret, he's yeah. got
0: he's got game on the ground, so that would be, and he's got stand up, and so in the stand up, Aviv would be in real trouble. But again, Dan has got a lot more a lot more experience, a lot more fights. You know, he's he's a seasoned guy who you know, he's a good fighter, tough dude. You know, very uh very gritty, as we would say. <clears throat> Does not give in. So that might, that might be too much for IV right
1: now. Oh, I didn't realize the Jury and Sydney Outlaw were scheduled to fight on Bellator 261. Yeah, there you we got, go. we got these press releases. That's a good one. I have no I have no idea what's happening in anything. He just <laughs> I get the bout sheet and I just do the research.
0: That's it. That's what
1: I do. <laughs> oh, I wake up, I drink the coffee, then I do the work.
0: Grant Neal. Grant saw- Neal looked good, man. Yeah. Grant Neal is a stud. He is a strong bitch, man. <laughs> <laughs> he is a fire plug. Yeah. He. He. Freaking. He does certain things that you look and you go, Yeah, that's just not normal. As far as most people don't have the strength to do that. <laughs>
1: he reminds but, me a little bit bigger version of a sean shirk
0: yeah yeah, yeah. he's kind of you know body body style why he he reminds me of dc yeah yeah he, he really call. does you know same weight class you know for when dc was in light heavyweight but you know uh not as technical as dc I'm not saying that but stronger than dc because he does things as far as ragdolling people. You go, that's just pure strength. That's not technique. DC's pretty strong. <laughs> I know he is, but he's got beautiful technique, which makes him even stronger.
1: Yeah, it makes it look you easy. Know?
0: So he makes it look easy where you look at Grant Neal it's like, yeah, that's not DC type technique, but that's some
1: strength right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a, little, he's a little, like you said, a little fire plug. Um, yeah. Super nice. Super nice young man. Oh, though, by great. The way. Great. Yeah, great guy. I didn't realize he's only 24. He's a baby. Oh,
0: yeah. He's been, you know, he's got, you know, those guys at Genesis and uh, Elevation Fight Team. He's got Jake Ramos as his coach. Jake is Jake has done a great job with a lot of guys there. and He's getting better And every fight. He's getting better. And so that's really what you're looking at saying, hey, man, he has not stopped. He keeps on making just little progressions in what he's doing. You know, you got to figure Tyree Fortune was undefeated. Now, I, I believe that Tyree does not fight near enough. You know, and there's a big difference. I, You know, let's be honest. I think this was the sixth fight for both of them. One guy's been fighting for six years. One guy's been fighting for two. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a big difference.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got to be busy in the sport if you want to be part of it. And that's what Grant Neal's been doing. And it's been paying off for him.
1: Yeah, he's tough. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> And the the more rounds he gets he just gets better and better and every time i see him fight there's one little thing that he has changed and he's gotten better at he seems a lot more comfortable as well in there yes um when he had fought like i think his name was hamza or something like that he had fought someone hamza Salim, Salim. yeah anyways he had had a fight another and- one from
0: att in portland
1: yeah but he looked he looked exhausted though in that fight oh, he was and he was so tired but then these last two fights i know they were finishes in the second and one in the first but he looks a little bit more relaxed out there. There's not, there wasn't as much pressure for him to seem like to get the takedown. He's feeling a lot more comfortable, and like you said, is the more you're in there, the more relaxed you are, and the more it becomes just, it's like your home. You go out there's there, there's the flow to it. Yeah, you just feel like, okay, this I've been here before. This is fine. I can do this. I can do this. You know. So, yeah, good stuff by him, man. Good stuff by him. Sadowad versus uh, Nate Andrews. <clears throat> it was a good fight for when it lasted for how long it lasted fight yeah
0: look if there's one thing everyone knows about Syed Awad is he's got power in his right hand and I I said it on the broadcast hey you just got you got to stay away from that right hand do not let Nate Andrews never stayed away from it he ate that thing multiple times and it was the difference and you know he just got diminished you know in giant chunks by that right hand or and I give it to Syed one of my You know, criticisms, and I love the guy as a person. I think he's a tough-ass fighter, but he doesn't make good decisions when he's in the cage. He, you know, believes that I'm just as good as that guy on the ground when you look and you go, no, don't do that. But he does it, and it gets caught, and then he loses the fight. And he's he's done that multiple times. He's, you know, hurt someone and then jumped down on the ground, and all of a sudden now he's fighting for his life because they're starting to, you know, put him in a submission, and you look and... this fight nate andrews let's just be honest he's better on the ground than syed awad and i said so i cannot make those same mistakes if he hurts him make him get back to his feet And man he did it every time stepped away from him said let's go step back up that's called being a smart fighter and that's why he got the win
1: yeah yeah he's someone that throws caution to the wind doesn't fight very smart his fight iq level can vary from fight to fight yeah well this
2: one it was high
1: yeah normally it varies downward by the way (laughs) But this time, though, I agree with you. This time, he fought a very smart fight, you know, and the results showed.
2: Hey, John. Um, seeing that situation, is it looked like he like influenced the ref? And-
1: he did stop the foot Now he didn't
0: influence him. It's you know, and this is where, as the referee, he hurts. Um, Nate Andrews, Nate Andrews is down. Dan is looking at the big picture, and then as he steps away, is like, you know, hey, what do you want? And he Dan looks at Nate Andrews' face and goes, Oh yeah, he's done. You know, because he sees his eyes, he sees there's no one home, and so yeah, he did influence. He basically he, he pushed the attention of Dan in the right direction, saying, "Hey, that guy can't fight anymore," which was very sportsmanlike of him. And Dan realized, "Ooh, he's right. I didn't. I did not see uh, something I should have seen," and he stopped the fight. So yeah, he did influence him, no doubt about it. But so he sh- he should actually get half of Dan's pay because he did
1: half <laughs> of his job. Every time I look into podcast Dave's eyes, I realize that no one's home. <laughs> um, For me, I feel like the performance of the night goes to Hannah Guy. <laughs> the performance of the night. All right. It was a great performance. I thought she did a wonderful job, man. I mean, like there was, let's be honest, John. No one had her winning this fight. Nobody. No one thought except for her that she was going to win this fight. I, I got. I'm being honest myself. I, think I told
0: you if fight. she got if she got the fight to the ground, she has a chance of winning this fight because she's actually very good on the ground. She's got good body positioning. She's got good base. She's got
1: submissions on the feet. It's gonna be ugly. Yeah, she found out right off the bat. She got dropped. <laughs> sat to her <laughs> butt right off the bat, and I was like, "This is gonna go exactly the way we thought it was." And yeah. I noticed that Valerie, she kind of started not moving as much, made it easier for her to be taken down, and she may be tough and i'm going to be i'm going to give valerie a little uh a little bit of credit as well i wanted to know if she was a real fighter and it's i talk, and i talk to people all the time about and i talk to you i've, I've said i've told this story before is that most my hermes franca fight that was a fight for me to to figure out whether i was a real fighter or not or if i was someone that just if i was somebody that was just a tough guy when when things were going my way yeah. and i got you know like in that first fight in that, in that fight with hermes I dominated the first two rounds. In the very beginning of the third round, I got dropped, sat right to my face, and he beat the shit out of me for about two and a half, three minutes. And I was able to weather the storm. I always wondered if I would just roll over, give up a submission, and quit. I wanted to know that because you know I had fought in clubs and bars and streets and all the other shit before growing up. But you know, you know when you're more athletic than all the bar stool people, okay? And you're like, okay, look, I I train a little bit, or I have you know I have wrestling, I have athleticism. I always wanted to know if I was just a bully or if I was if I was a real fighter or a quitter. And in that fight, I realized that. And with Valerie Loretta, she she showed me she's not a quitter. No, you can have all the Taekwondo style like uh, matches and stuff. Those are not the same as a real fight. I'm sorry. They're good. They're tough. Like they're fun. You know, they're entertaining to watch. But it's not the same as this. I mean, she was stuck in that triangle there and Hannah guy was hitting her with some big shots from the top position. Also being stuck there, it's cutting off the circulation, you're taking the damage. If you were gonna give up, that was a position to give up in. One of those arm bars was deep, deep, deep. Well, Her arm was getting hyperextended badly. I think it was the end of the first round, right? I think it was the end of that. And then that was was another position she could have gave up. And so there was a lot of good things. I mean, she put herself in those shitty positions. So I'm not gonna say it was great fight IQ, but man, to get out of those though and fight through it, through all of it, I was I was more impressed with Valerie Loretta just in the fact that I didn't think that she was gonna be that tough. I thought she was good. I thought I wanted to know if she was gonna be a quitter. When 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 situations like that got to her, she showed me, she proved me wrong. They didn't prove me wrong. She showed me that she's not. And so Hannah Guy though brought her game, brought everything out. Of her that she needed to do this fight. She got dropped, came back, finished the round strong with that deep arm bar. Then the second round came out, just started touching her, touching her, and then tried to get another takedowns. She had some good stuff, very, very good performance. And I gotta I gotta just be you gotta be honest, man. I didn't think she was gonna win. And I thought she had a great fight.
0: Good I thought job. she had a great fight, but I gotta go with you know, Valerie, if you have this guy named Mo Law in your corner, you need to f- listen to him. She, she used a lot of energy in trying to push her way away from Hannah Guy. When Hannah was trying to clinch up with her, she was using strength. She was using a lot of energy to, you know, separate. When you've got this guy that knows how to teach you how to do those things, and I know he's gone over them, and you got to listen to those things and bring those things out in the fight instead of using just strength because she got tired. Yeah, she got tired. And, and you know, when you have somebody running at you, that's an opportunity. Josh, you know, Hannah guy was coming forward so fast at her. That those are opportunities that are being handed to you, but she got tired and so she wasn't able to take advantage of them and she was going backwards so fast trying to get away from that forward pressure of Hannah just trying to, you know, clinch up with her that all those opportunities went to the the wayside and you know, it was uh it was a good performance by Hannah Guy. I, you know, she made a ton of mistakes. and I'm just going to be honest with it. But it was just a tenacity to, you know, I'm going to do this unless you can get rid of me. And she did it. And I'll give it to Valerie. She was tough. But this is what tells you that, hey, there's there's parts of this game that you need to work on and you need to get better at because there's ladies out there they are going to do the same thing now. They saw that you had problems with that pressure gonna be pressuring you.
1: Yeah, I but I I look at Alfie Davis also and and then I look at Valerie Lareda. Their style though, if they're not if they if you do pressure them, they will wilt. That that style of fighting is just so much movement. It's exhausting. I don't care if you've been doing it your whole life. You've got to learn to make your opponent respect you. You know, and if you can't do that right from the beginning, you're gonna have a long night because you're gonna be on your bike the whole time and then also every time they clinch you every time they try to wrestle you that's more exhaustion because you're using muscles you didn't expect to use when you make a stand-up person wrestle they just start once you separate and get away they just start to deflate their arms their explosiveness the power on their kicks the speed of their kicks getting there the hands all those things just slow down you can start seeing things develop in front of you more and that's exactly what happened with Hannah Guy in the first round she was struggling to see how fast Valerie was setting things up from kick to punches. And she's got power for such a small uh, female. You know, I mean, what is she, 125, 125 pounds? Small, but she's got power. She's got some dogs in her hands. Uh-huh. So um, she showed that in the first round. But as she slowed down from all the movement, from all the grappling, from all the pumbling, all of those things, you know, it, the speed wasn't there anymore. And then Hannah Guy was able to start seeing the punches come. And when you can see them come, they do not they don't have as much of an effect on you. You know, you can kinda of grit down and take it. Where it's the ones that you don't see. And so once that speed's gone, then you start seeing them and then they don't have the same effect. So good stuff though by Hannah Guy. Um like I said, I didn't have her, I didn't think that she was gonna win. And I'm just being honest. But uh Valerie fought a good fight as well, tougher than I thought. I honestly thought that in, in a submission situation that she would have gave she would have gave up a lot easier. Nope. She went out there, she gritted it all out. I thought it was I thought it was an entertaining fight.
0: It was. It was, uh, as you said, there was, there was heart on both sides. Yeah. yeah. Hannah guy was coming forward, doing what she had to do to get a win. And she did it. Congratulations to her. Jalil Willis versus my con Mendoza mm-hmm. Jalil Willis he had some moments in there. He used that wrestling. Finally, smart mm-hmm. man. <laughs> he was having problems with the length. He was having problems with the kicks. Uh, it was, uh, a good, I thought it was actually a, a pretty close fight i thought it was a well uh, uh, well matched fight I, th- I really i really uh mycon has turned the corner cuz i remember watching him in those three losses that he had and and he just was making big mistakes and he's not making those mistakes anymore i thought he was pretty smart pretty tough throughout the fight uh, jalil just a little bit faster than him uh, mendoza did a great job of using his kicks on him but not being able to stop the takedowns at times caused him some problems
1: yeah he's not he's not as well-rounded as jaleel you know and the explosiveness jaleel has um but it really just to me i felt like this was a very evenly matched fight and i I don't don't think the uh the judge's cards reflected i think they had jaleel one in 30 27 on two cards and then one was 29 28 i believe um but I, i i thought it was closer than that it was one of those things like one or two shots you know even just one shot would have won the round for the other person
0: i i had it 29 28 i think i had it even going
1: into the third round did you yeah yeah i think two judges had it uh, 30 27 for for jaleel but regardless it was to me it was a very evenly matched fight but look if you look at that fight this is what a lot and i'm gonna be i'm gonna be honest again with the with the upfrontness of of some of the bellator fighters a lot of the some of them have been fighting um overly cautious both of these guys were throwing heavy heat the whole time and both of them had ex- great conditioning in that third round. They were pushing the pace back and forth. It just one person needed to do one thing, you know? Like one person could have stole the round had they did one more thing. They just offset each other so well and it was great to see two former champions come up from LFA, but they both came up and they delivered a great performance. It was a fun fight to watch. If you're into that, if you're into someone, it's a full MMA fight. That's what it was. You know, Jalil used his wrestling because that's what he had to do to get the win. Uh, Mike Khan just wasn't able to stop the takedowns. And when he did get to the bottom, he wasn't really able to to mount any type of offense from there. He was able to get back to his feet a couple times, but yep. it wasn't enough. So I thought um, that's a, that's what was the, the differentiator of the fight for Jalil. That's how he dominated the fight. Yeah. Um, but it was a good, good fight, though. It was fun to watch. It was a You could tell that every punch... Um, there was, there was consequences if they had it landed. And so it was, it was fun. It was, they were all thrown with bad intentions and it was a fun fight.
0: Talk to me about Vander Ford versus Edwards, your man, Fabian Edwards from the UK.
1: Well, I mean, I said- He wanted to face an American wrestler. (laughs) Careful what you wish for, buddy. (laughs) Um, Look, I'm a big fan of Fabian. I'm a big fan of Austin as well. I just really felt um, with Fabian, the one thing that he couldn't do, and I said it on the broadcast right before he fought, you cannot settle in on the bottom. Once you settle in on the bottom, the fight's over, you know, and that's only in a three round fight. Can you imagine doing that in a title fight? You settle in on the bottom against anybody. It's over. You cannot. You need to get up. Always focusing on sweeping and getting up back to your feet. Then he didn't – you could tell in the third round, once he lost the takedown, it was done. He settled in. He started hugging the head, started hugging the overhook. All you do is locking yourself down. You need to be getting your forearms up underneath the chin. You need to be framing them away, making space. Slide that hand into the underhook. Yep, hit to the underhook position. You need to be bringing your knee up in between you and and your opponent. And it just – he wasn't in there. He was more uh, content with holding him close and hugging him close. So that he wasn't taking damage. Well, that all you're doing is you're you're just keeping them on top of you. And you're not going to be able to get up from that position either. So I thought Austin Vandiford did a great job. Um, he had me a little worried sometimes in that first round. And he was struggling to get some of the takedowns. You know, I mean, he's fucking so explosive. And he is damn strong. He is so strong. That very first takedown, he made it look easy. Just picked Fabian up and took it out. I was like, damn, he's he's really strong. But then, you know, Fabian was able to wiggle himself back up and things like that after a little bit. Um, and I was like, okay, if he keeps doing this, he keeps doing this, it'll be a good fight. But then Austin just kept getting the takedowns, just kept getting the takedowns, you know. And, uh, you know, the fight wasn't close, you know. Uh, no matter how much blood you see on Austin <laughs> fight in those end- ending pitchers, the fight wasn't close, you know. Uh, I think, what, I think one or two of the judges had it 30-27. Yeah, then, two. Oh, it was 29-28. I think it was two. I had it 30-27. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it was, you could tell, here's the thing, even though the fight was thirty twenty seven, I know, and you know as well, that at any moment, Fabian Edwards could end that fight. Yep. That's what makes it a fun fight, and I felt the same way with Jaleel Willis and Mykon fight. Even though the fight seemed like it was skewed more towards Jaleel Willis, at any moment, mycon could end that fight. And so that's what makes those fights fun because you know that they're both really good, you know, and you know that your opponent, even though he's down, he's not going to give up. He's going to keep trying to get that finish, especially in the third round when you know they're behind. They had nothing to lose. But in the third round, Fabian lost take takedown early and he just couldn't get up fr- from the bottom.
0: Yeah, there's a couple things I looked at with that fight. First for Fabian Edwards. What you did in the first round when he took you down, putting your back to the cage, even when he didn't have it, you were creating, you were Getting a butterfly hook creating you were bringing his weight up getting his hips up into the air all of those things caused him problems they stopped his progression and being able to do damage to you i know it was burning some of your energy but that's what made it to where he was not comfortable in the fight and you need to stay with that that third round it was like two completely different fighters on the ground from what you did in the previous rounds and what you did in the third round just crazy if you're austin Austin, when you take a guy down and you put him against the cage and he's able to use that cage to get up multiple times and then you have him up in the air and all you have to do is turn the corner and bring him down into the center of the cage but instead you put him down near the cage wall, stop. Start using that fight IQ, son. You're the one that put him in a place to get back to his feet when you could have put him in a place where you, with your skill set, can do damage and keep him where you want him so you don't have to take him down again. So I'm just looking at these little things as far as both of them, and it's like both of these guys are really good, and both of them are going to get better, and they're not going to make some of the same mistakes again. In the standup, Fabian Edwards, his left hand is so sharp. It's, it's freaking like watching art at times because he launches it, it's fast, it's straight. He's just got to use his feet because when he gets tired, his feet stop. And that's the difference of someone getting into him when he's when he's moving and he's just got you know not that he's moving you know as far as in and out and backwards he's just up on his toes a little bit he's very hard to take down and he's just gotta you know get to that point where that's his mainstay when he's in the standup you know just slide your feet use that sharp left hand he's deadly with that thing and he, he's got good kicks he's got he's just an athlete you can tell he is physically gifted as far as he's fast he's strong. But Vanderford definitely deserved the win. And I give him credit. He got cut, you know, two good cuts. One in the middle of his forehead kind of looked like uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> it was not a good one, but uh, it was a good win for him.
1: I was giving him a hard time. I said to Paige, I said to Paige, walk past you and like try to put her fingers in there and finger you. Because <laughs> 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 he was, he, she said it was pretty. She's like, oh my God, it's so damn big. I uh, started laughing. But I mean, yeah, that fight, that, that didn't happen to the last 30 seconds. Yeah. You know what I mean? So don't like, it wasn't. It wasn't a close fight, you know. Um, Austin started to run away with it after the first round, right from the get-go, actually. But like I said, that's what makes these fights fun, is because you don't know which who's gonna. This fight can end at any moment from either guy, even though it's a 30-27 round. Ones you think one's running away with it, but Fabian's dangerous the whole way through. Uh, Leandro Higo and Darian Caldwell. Darian Caldwell trying to get back up into the rankings, um, because he's been away from 135 so long, because he fought in the featherweight world grand prix tournament. Uh, coming off his loss to AJ McKee, switch camps, new corners, new coaches, new training partners. He's at Sanford MMA now, um, training with guys like Adam Boric, you know Chandler and all the other guys, King Moe, and everybody else that's out there. King Moe's I... an ATT. Stop. Sorry, not ATT. Sorry, not. <laughs> you can that? say Greg Jones. That's yeah. who, that's who you meant. So uh, Dorino, you, know, you got Cobra Burns and those guys out Burns, there. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he was out there. And I've, I've, I've said this before, look, I've just had a change of one coach. You know, Dave Camarillo left, uh, Leandro Vieira came in, you know, like a year later. And it changed up the way that I was training. And it was it was something up until you used it for your first fight. You get a little bit of, you get nerves. And the, the, you're hoping the things that you're using, because you haven't used them in a, in a real fight, they start to they zap your energy. You get concerned, like, is this working? Why is this getting, why is this so hard? It wasn't this hard in the gym. You start questioning all those things. Darian fell back into what he was doing before. Like, when you watch the Horaguchi fight, he gets the takedown. He just holds his head down. Holds. He doesn't make space. Like, he uses so much energy fighting, like, the grips and all those things. You can't do that. When you're in that guard, you just need to stay relaxed. You're the one on top. Make them work. Make them carry your weight. He doesn't do that. He's very tense the whole time. He had some nice ground and pound in the first. Nope. Opened up some cuts. You know, on ego, but the the issue is, though, is that you can't do that type of work that hard for three rounds or five rounds. And so you've got to learn to control your positioning, sag on him, hang on him, make your opponent tired. And he hasn't figured that out yet, which is so weird to me because he's been in the game for a while. He's been a former champion, and it's just he just hasn't figured that out. It's almost like a a, a mental thing in his mind. You know, he used to get tired in college when he would wrestle. He'd get tired as well. He would just circle and stay away. You know, you watching the NC2A finals when he wrestled against Medcalf. You know, he was winning the fight, he was winning the, the match in the last like 30 seconds. You could tell he was tired. You know, and he just started being defensive. He was a defensive wrestler, which he was ahead, so I understand that. Yeah. But he, you could tell he looked visibly exhausted. You know, in that in that match in college, and then he looks the way he looks that way now. It's very similar. He just shuts down, and so he's got to he's got to find out an answer to that. The next thing with Leandro Ego. He walked past me after the fight, and he says that he wanted Anthony or he wanted uh, Sergio Pettis. And I said, "You can't fight for the title when you can't fucking make weight." Yeah, no shit. That's two fights in a row, he's missed weight, and I'm like, "You, I, have, I I'm getting to the point now, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not just gonna rip on him. I'm gonna rip on all the if, if you're someone that can't make weight and you have multiple times, multiple offenses of not making weight, I almost feel like that there needs to be." There, yeah, you either need to go up, that's one, or two, there needs to be a no contest. Like for you, it should be like one of those things like in a title fight, like you you can't win the belt, but and you can get paid, you can't win the belt, but your opponent can't because they made weight. There needs to be that, like if you lose. You can't win the fight? <laughs> yeah, you can't win the fight, it's a no contest. But you can still get paid, go out there and fight, and your opponent can win the fight though. that's the, I almost feel like that's the way it should be. You should be, it should be a no contest if you didn't make weight. And the other opponent, the your opponent, should be able to to get the win. It's just not. I mean, it's getting to the point now where I, I'm seeing. Maybe I'm seeing it more in Bellator than I than I, or maybe they just I don't hear about it as much in the UFC. But no, it
0: was happening in the UFC a
1: lot. I know it is. I do know it is, and I do know that they just keep it under wraps. They don't really talk about it a whole lot. But my 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 problem though is that you can't have fights like this where they're two top fighters and you're not making weight. You can't be in the top like the. Remember, remember, they were giving uh, what's her name, uh, Mackenzie Dern, a hard time. She was in the rankings, but she had never made weight. How are you in the fucking rankings? And you never made weight in the actual weight class, yep. so, and that's kind of where I'm at right now with Higo. I'm like, look, dude, you you're you're making your way up in the in the rankings, but you haven't made weight, and so how, you we shouldn't you shouldn't be able to elevate. You should actually drop down. I don't care if you won or not. I feel the same way. There's just if you want, like like we've talked about, John your job is what three things once you sign that contract your job is to train hard make weight and fight hard
0: be on time be on time like be on time make weight fight hard i can't even say that you have to train hard i would like to say that but that's your business but as long as you come out and you fight hard okay yeah that's But true. making weight you sign that contract you're the one that puts yourself into the weight class no one forced you there you want to be in that weight class well then get a nutritionist get people that know what they're doing and start doing this in the right way because what you're doing is obviously not working yeah when you're giving some of your pay to that opponent because you don't make weight you know i hope it hurts because it's it's just wrong you are not upholding your end of the bargain to not only your opponent but to the promotion itself and it's just wrong and i i that that whole fight, I'm just gonna be, you know, be as shitty as I can be, I guess, because neither guy's gonna like me. Darian Caldwell has got zero ideas of what wins a fight when it comes to if you're not if you're gonna win on a judge's scorecard. He thinks being in the top position is gonna win it. And I'm being honest, you know, I had to judge the fight, you know, for you know the, the commentary, but I gave ego the second round based upon he was on his back the whole time. He's the only one fighting. When you are holding on to somebody, you're in a top position. You are not striking in any fashion, and you are not attempting any type of submission. You're not fighting. What you're doing is you are trying to let the clock run by while someone else is trying to finish a fight. If you're the guy that's trying to let the time go by, you should be losing the fight, and that's what happened to Darian Caldwell, he's not fighting. He did the same thing with Horiguchi. He had the top position and Horiguchi sitting there hitting him. And he's shocked at the end that he loses. What are you shocked about? It's not a wrestling match. It's a goddamn MMA fight and you're supposed to be finishing the guy. That's what you're there for. Either submit him or either pound him out, knock him out, whatever it's going to be. But if you get to that point where you're in the top position, You should be doing damage. And when you're not, you're losing the round. And for Leandro Higo, doing a body triangle from underneath. Now, I understand what he was trying to do as far as he's trying to push and keep Darian's head back towards his sternum so he can land elbows and stuff. Come on, dude. You got to be kidding me. Your ground game is a whole lot better than that. You know, do something. You're locking yourself into that position and saying, okay, I'm just going to hit him with strikes. All right. But that's not. What anybody wants to see. You are an entertainer. You are getting paid to entertain the people that are watching you. You're not doing your job. You are the one that's keeping Darian in that position, and you're barely squeaking by. And you're lucky the judges realized that he wasn't fighting.
1: Yeah, that's true. Like, and that's I've I felt that way. Do I? I wonder if refs, do you guys think about standing them up when they lock that body triangle?
0: Absolutely. Now the problem is, is and what you're looking for is this. When you have somebody who is on the bottom trying to stall the fight or trying to, you know, just slow things down, hold on, be in full guard, do a body triangle, what you're doing is you're giving time to the person on top. Is the person on top either doing damage or are they doing things to work past that stall? If they're doing that, even though it's slow, you're going to give them the time to do it because they have the top position. So you'll give them time. But when you have someone like Darian Caldwell, what he's doing and Leandro, that's when I stop it and I stand it up because Darian is not doing anything to try to pass that. There's no submission attempts or anything from Leandro. Yeah, that's when you say neither one of you is doing anything here to progress the fight. This is a bunch of crap. We're going to stop it and stand you up and let's see if you can do something from that
1: point yeah there was a lot of impl- implications in this fight too like ego making his way up in the rankings after not making weight two fights in Same with caldwell course. yeah and then caldwell trying to get back into the rankings you know and so it, it was just, it was for me it was upsetting because like i said from the beginning of the show is that there was fights on the main car that didn't live up to, up to their ability and this was one of them you know in terms of and then and then like i said I, when ego walked past me at the when i was at the desk oh i want pettis you can't make weight. You didn't yeah. make the weight. You don't even, the one pound you don't even have
0: the. You don't even have the right to say his name or think about that fight because you don't put yourself in a position where that fight can happen.
1: Yeah. Because yeah, because you you have to remember for, for you to fight for the title, you have to make the scratch weight. You can't make with the one pound allowance. You do not make that one the pound one weight. pound allowance weight. Yeah, dude, he was 137.5. Yeah, you missed it by two, uh, three, two and a half pounds. You gotta, you have to make the scratch weight. For a title shot. And he didn't do that. And so um he hasn't done it twice. Yeah, I know. And so like I, I agree. agree. When I look at him in the ranks, I'm like, where are you gonna go,
0: man? When he fought when he fought Ricky Bandejas, mm-hmm. he didn't make weight. Yeah. You know, and so it's like and if you're showing me that you can't make two times in a row, if you were the best fighter for that championship fight, I will not put you in it. Until you show me multiple times you can make that weight, I'm not going to take that chance as a promoter. You're taking my championship fight and you're throwing it in the trash can, based upon you not being able to uphold your end of the deal.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then he was telling me after like before when he I had some at the weigh-ins, and he's like, yeah, you know, I miss weight. And he's like, you know, but this is my last time at this weight. I'm going to go up. And I'm like, okay, cool. You're going to go up. I'm like it's kind of the dumbest time to go up by the way. You're ranked in the top 5 <laughs> or 6 and they have they're talking about a Bantamweight title. Uh yeah, you're going to go free. up. Uh-huh. You're going to go up right when the million dollars are like I can't keep doing this to my body. Well, why don't you like you said get a fucking nutritionist and take care of yourself. I don't know what you're doing, but you've made the weight before so it can be done. So whatever it is that you're doing, stop doing that. Like stop doing a couple little things to tweak your body a tiny bit. You've got time. The tournament's yeah. not going to probably start if they do it. It won't start until probably like October, November, just fall more in there. Yeah, until fall. Get your fucking weight down. You're talking a million dollars plus your fight purse. And normally, Coker will sometimes elevate their fight purses. Also, if you're in the tournament, knowing that you're probably going to be, you know, held up, you can only fight guys in the tournament. So you're based off, you know, potential of someone getting hurt. You have to wait for them. So he elevates. Stop. Sometimes, sometimes, right yes, there. some sometimes yes, so, you know. So just I know right.
0: Uh, <laughs> it's got cooker right now. You gonna, know, his right. His hand, there. his hand is reaching from afar and smacking you.
1: Yeah, right through <laughs> that. But regardless, there's an opportunity for you to win a million dollars on top of your fight purses. Yep. Uh, it would be foolish for him to go up, knowing that he can make the weight. He just you need to find a way to make the weight though in the last two fights, and you didn't do it. So, that's upsetting. Next fight.
0: I like the fact that you gave uh, Hannah Guy. Gai- The performance of the night. But this is my pick for performance of the night. Leslie Smith? And she lost. Yeah. yeah, lost the fight, but it was the performance of the night. Because, man, she, she did change what is her normal style. She tried to, you know, not be that super aggressive and come forward and just take shots. She tried to be smart about things. She took huge damage in this fight, kept coming back. I mean, you talk about just giving everything that anyone can ask for giving when i talk about look at you, you you're getting paid to entertain leslie smith man you you entertained you gave it everything you fought your ass off you fought with everything that you have inside you made uh all the water polo players and she played water polo she made them proud because you show how tough you are she just Did not quit. And when you're Chris Cyborg and you're landing all those shots and you're doing all this good work and this person just keeps on coming back, it does start to get in your head. It's like, man, what do I need to do to stop this one? This is different because she she had stopped her early in their first matchup. It was definitely not the same here. Leslie was in the fight. She was my performance of the night. I just loved what she gave
1: yeah i i would i would agree with you on that though too her, she was the performance of the night just she came up short and yep. but there was there was there's just no quitting her man man but i think she needs to take she needs to take a couple months off and let her body and her brain heal a little bit because she took some big big shots oh no doubt about it. she got dropped i want to say three times throughout the fight she took some heavy heavy shots and walked through them she was like like uh like uh, Grant Neal said, like he's like it was it was kind of violent. It was like drinking water out of a fire hose. It's <laughs> 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 like wow, that was like that that was the comment of the night for sure.
0: That, that you know, but it's it's very expressive and, and everyone can understand. Yeah, that might not be a good idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, she uh, that was that's what it was like for her. I bet She's like every time she she took a shot it was like trying to put your lips to the fire hose (laughs) fucking just but yeah definitely gave her the performance of the night i thought hannah guy had the performance in terms of what she was able to do and no one had everyone had counted her out in terms of just the heart and the grittiness and the main event and just making sure that it didn't end up like the first fight man leslie's a tough dog man she's she is nasty tough
0: that is a scary woman as far as you talk about just mental toughness yeah Oh, she matches up with anybody I know.
1: The only thing that she honestly, the only thing I felt like she could have done differently, was in those dog fights, those exchanges. She needed to come out of them with a head kick, because Chris does drop her hands in those scenarios.
0: And she's got a good so, high left kick, man. she she throws it pretty fast.
1: Yep, and that was that I was talking about in the in at the desk, just up to the pre-fight of it all. I was like, look, if she can throw those head kicks out of the exchanges. You know, or set him up where she throws and then throws the head kick at the end when Chris gets into the firefight. There's a chance that she could—I'm not saying she could finish her, but she could at least make her respect you more. And then on top of that, if she does drop her, could change the title. she can't change the way the fight's going. You know the dynamic of the fight. And so I expected to see more of that, or a little bit more of that. I mean, she did some good stuff. There's a couple good elbows in there she did with Chris. I mean, yeah. she did some good stuff. Um, she landed some good shots at times. Yeah solid in the first first or second round she landed a beautiful overhand right and it was loud oh, yeah, you know and i was sitting next to uh chris's manager at the time with coker and we were just in you know and uh and he was trying not to uh squirm out, yeah, yeah he was trying not to squirm yeah. around and he's like oh he's like ooh, ooh, that, oh oh, she, she just walked right through that i was like ah <laughs> that hurt yeah but good stuff though i mean chris looked phenomenal she looked good you know, she understood what she had to deal with, what she was having to deal with, though, because Leslie got it into the championship rounds like she wanted to. Nope. just wasn't enough. She was also like in that style that she had to change the fight to. There was, she wasn't active enough to slow Chris down enough yeah. to not be able to win those four and the rounds four and five.
0: You got to give it to Chris, though. She, and I, I know you say she's the same, fight. I don't think she is. She fights way smarter. She fights more controlled. She doesn't make the same uh, mistakes that she did in the past as far as opening her up, herself up completely. Obviously, you got to open up to be offensive to a certain degree. And that's what she's doing, but she's not doing what she did in the past. And people can say whatever they want about all these things about, you know, who's the greatest and all that stuff. The, the real fight that needs to happen is Amanda Nunez and Chris. And for all the people that are out there that say, oh, Amanda'll smoke her. You know, she did it once, she did it twice. You're a fucking moron. Okay. I'm just telling you right now because I would be a liar if I said Chris Cyborg is going to smoke Amanda Nunez. Yeah. I'd be a liar. The truth is either one of them can win that fight. Yeah. That's an even fight going in no matter what, you know, obviously it'd be a little bit, you know, one, you know, towards the other and and maybe Amanda would be the favorite, but Amanda knows I could lose that fight. And Chris knows who I could lose that fight. And that's the kind of fight you need to see. Unfortunately it won't happen, but that's the real juggernaut fight that that you know for the for the sport of mma chris cyborg versus amanda nunez too is one of the main fights that actually needs to happen yeah
1: yeah i mean look in terms of when you said that like because i don't think she's changed a whole lot but what i will say is this is that she hasn't changed in her style and I don't think she, she's changed in how she approaches people like Leslie Smith. Whereas she, she knew Leslie was still going to be in there. But when she fought Julia Budd, she respected Julia for the first round. Towards the end of the first round, she started realizing that Julia had nothing for her. And she just bullied her around and just did what she normally does. And there was no respect there. She didn't need to. She was just touching her up. Julia would just bring her legs up and her elbows down and try to block all the big shots. And that's all she would do. You know, and the same thing with uh, Blankow. Like, once she realizes that you're not going to be there and you're not going to try to fight back, she lets it all hang out, you know? And in this fight, you know, Leslie, she was still trying to fight back. And so then Chris was Chris was a little bit more patient with that. When you look back at the Blankow and the Julia Budd fight, they just put their hands up and they cover up and they put their back to the fence. You know, Leslie kept her back off the fence quite a bit this fight. Oh, yeah, most the of the middle. Way. She tried to stay in the middle, and that's where Chris Cyborg has made her living. If she puts your back to the fence, and she sees that you're comfortable just being there, she's just going to tee off on you, you know? And, and that's what she did with Julia Budd. That's what she did with Blank Out. That's what she's done with a lot of her past opponents. That wasn't Leslie. So when the, the match gets out into the middle, there's a lot more at stake. And I think Chris, like, you, in this scenario, Chris did, has changed in, that, in this fight. But in, Pat, in the other two fights, she didn't have to make any changes. She approached them both cautiously in the first round a little bit, but then as the fight went on, she's like, just, "What am I respecting them for? They're not—they're not, they're not doing anything to me. There's no—there's no reason to fear them." And that's exactly what happens. She just—she does what she normally does. She presses the fence, she makes space, she flurries, presses back into the fence, knees the body, elbows the head. Like she does all those things, makes space. Digs the body, comes back to the head, throws the knees. I mean, she can just tee off on you whenever she wants while she has your back to the fence. In this situation, it wasn't there. So, no. but I mean, a good performance, a good performance by Cyborg, and a good performance by uh, Leslie. I know it was tough. She needs to take a break though, let her brain heal, let her body heal, let all those things heal. And uh, we're gonna see, we're gonna see what's next. Who do you think should be next for her? Kat? Sinead O'Connor? Who S- Connor? Sinead Kavanaugh. Sinead Kavanaugh. Uh-
0: you know, I my my uh, I think Sinead is a good fight for her as far as Sinead will stand with her, and she will she will trade, and she will throw. Ground wise, there's a big separation between the two right now, so it's a problem with it. Ground wise, Cat has the ability to wrestle with Chris. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stand up is where I think there's a a separation, uh, just power wise and the way things are done. Uh, Chris is just better in that area. So I look at it and I go, you know, here you look at cat, you know, cat's one of the people to beat Amanda. She did it off of, uh, she took abuse in the first round with Amanda, then started to come on and they're exhausted Amanda and, and, uh, you know, got the win. So it's a good person for Chris to want to fight. I not you know, and I know the cat cat is in that position where, you know, she's probably going to be one of the next up you, you really, this is why I say, it should be the fight that everyone wants to see. Let's somehow let Chris go back to the UFC if that's what it takes for just the one fight. But the UFC would never do it. Let Amanda come on over to Bellator for one fight, and the UFC would never do it. And but it's the one fight that you know mixed martial arts fans need to see. You know Amanda's got four losses. You know Chris has got two. To sit there and say you know one's the best in the world, you know. Amanda's lost to Alexis Davis. She lost to Sarah D'Elio. She lost to, uh, I think it's she lost her first fight of her career. I can't. I don't even know who it was against. And then I know she lost to Kat. So, you know, she's got her losses in there. But now she's had a hell of a streak. And in that streak, she beat Cyborg to win that, you know, featherweight title in the UFC. But there's nobody in the featherweights that the UFC has that you can put against her. You yeah. know, it, they You know. They both stand out in their respective weight class. They're the two. Yeah. They're the two and that's the one that needs to happen. I, even though I know it's not going to happen, but I just want it to happen. Yeah, I think a lot of people want to see it. It's just cuz it would be a great I don't care who wins or who loses. It would be a great fight. Yep. It would not be the same thing that you saw the first time and that's because you know, Chris came out with that marauder and was you know just going to prove something and Mendes said, "Oh no, you're not." And Chris realized, "Oh, she can hit harder than I thought. That was not, that was a mistake. She lost the fight, and uh, yeah. just like you saw with Leslie Smith against Chris, you know, she didn't get put put out in the first round here. She went to you know almost to the end of that because she's a good fighter. She made adjustments. She did the right things, and you know she made a fight of it. And that's that's what would happen in the second time with Amanda and uh, Chris, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I think if you were ever going to do a cross-promotion fight, it should be this one. The only reason, oh, yeah. There's not a whole lot at stake because neither promotion has a ton yeah. of depth at that weight class. So if you're ever going to do one, do it for this one. Like, I mean, I, I can get into arguments all day about I want to see Volk and Patricio and other fighters, you know, Lima and Usman. and I get it. You know, I understand why you don't do it. Because... The, these champions are like kind of like your backbone of your company, but with Cyborg and with Amanda Nunes, like they have nobody else to fight. Just let them,
0: you know. And you look at it, the truth of the featherweights in the UFC. You've got a couple of featherweights still there. You've got Felicia Spencer who fought, you know, last night and fought against uh, what's Dumont. Dumont. I want to say, yeah. And uh, you know, that's it. That's that's all you've got. Yeah. But and if you took Cyborg out of The featherweight division for bellator you've got a lot of good competition throughout the the ranking there it's she's just head and shoulders above everybody else right now just the facts and that's what amanda is in her she's head and shoulders above those so it's uh i don't know Hmm. i'm gonna stop saying it now but it needs to happen yes it does (laughs) john I have a question yes,
2: before we move on to the ufc so just super quick so the the whole um interview process um i, I prefer bellator's way than ufc's way where they wait till the fighter goes backstage and into it but why are they still making you do um a distance interview like right there in the octagon uh, the- that's a good question dave that's one that i've been asking for a while now <laughs> especially like when patricio last fought aj came in and then you stood with your hand over aj's shoulder and and interviewed aj while patricio stood across the cage from you and yeah. the whole thing was just a little odd as opposed yeah. to, and then they did a face-off so it's like so oh what, yeah even six oh yeah okay you know let's let's look at let's just be, oh, be careful it. john well it's still yeah. better than the ufc's because <laughs> i mean you're still capturing that moment
1: you still oh. capture
2: that moment of like the fighters in the cage but it's, it's so the ufc doesn't do that which i prefer bellators but it's just still a weird optic
0: you have you have major companies here be it the ufc and uh Bellator with, you know, the people that own the UFC WME IMG, you know, uh, they have their, their way of looking at things liability wise. Well, Viacom owns Bellator. They have their way of looking at things liability wise. And let's be honest, I get tested. All those fighters get tested, but they're just looking at it saying, look right now there's still guidelines within a lot of locations, even though a lot of them are being lifted. We don't want to put anybody in a position where they would be able to say that we put them at risk based upon not following a distance guideline or something like that. I personally have gone to my bosses and said, hey, can we get rid of this poll? Can we actually just interview somebody? And I've been told, no, shut up. (laughs) So I'm shutting up. Uh, It is what it is until they change it. And uh, it's something that I want changed. I don't like the way we do it, but doesn't matter what i like it matters what they want and they have their reasons for wanting it and that's why i do it the way they want it
1: yeah when you got companies worth billions and billions of yep dollars, they're not willing to take a chance of being sued so they're going to err on the side of caution every single that's time that's it that's
2: exactly it that's what it comes down to so basically because john's eight years old and two yeah they're old.
1: afraid he might get covid yeah, they're not worried about the fighters they're worried about the old guy here
0: man getting it and broke just i dude i could i could actually catch it and fall over in the cage right in the same moment over <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's something more tv worthy yeah that's tv worthy right there
1: all right well let's jump into the ufc let's do it um look the fight for me that i wanted to see the most and i said we said this last week was the jack carmanson and uh and edmund Shabazian fight that was the fight that i wanted to see the most and we all got crucified. Joel, not you all, but it was me and you. We got crucified saying that, you know, because I had said, yeah, he needs to fight somebody. If you can, can you pull up the rankings for me, please? Cool. He needs to fight somebody in that Brad Tavares level of ranking. The reason why I said that, and everyone's like, oh, he already beat Brad. No yeah. kidding. But Brad was ranked like I want to say where was? Down it? at fifteen. Yeah, he's down at fifteen. I said he needs to fight somebody in that area. Is what I nope. meant yeah okay, and that's what we were i actually even said that because we had you even said that he had beat brad and i'm like yeah we know he beat brad but if you want to keep him in there let's get him to somebody like a, we even talked i said kevin holland how about and chris wyman's out i go how about somewhere in that ranking system i say i don't think he can beat kelvin gasoline kelvin's pace see i,
0: I would out. look kelvin would be more of someone that i could see them putting him against it okay if I was his management, at least Kelvin is a stand-up guy
1: and a smaller guy, by the exactly.
0: way. Exactly. Look, Edmund's got very good stand-up. He's long. He's able to use that length. He's got power. He he throws good combinations in the stand-up. Well, let's just be honest. In the stand-up against, you know, Hermanson, he was doing well. Yeah. He's you know in the first round, hell, he was lighting him up at times. But it's the ground and and see, this is you know. People get this idea that, oh, because you come from a certain location, you're going to be just exceptional on the ground. He has problems with people when they get on top of him, And I looked and I said, Herman- if Hermanson gets on top of him, he yeah. is in trouble. This is a different level. I don't care about belts. This makes no nothing about belts. This has to do with pure MMA skill and your ability to apply that skill in the cage. Hermanson on the ground, he may be a white belt in his, you know, uh, wherever he's working out at, but in the cage, when he is in a fight, that dude is a high level black belt. He is a stud as far as his body positioning, the pressure that he's able to create the, the transitions from one attack to another. He's outstanding. I just looked and I said, man, this is, you know, you're taking a guy and you're saying, I'm hoping that he's going to beat him in this stand-up game right now. So we don't get to this ground game a lot of hope and especially with a guy who only has one loss and you're now putting him against high level competition that man you're taking a big chance here because there's a big gap in the way he applies the ground game compared to the guy that he is now facing and that was the difference in the fight he got caught in positions on the ground he couldn't get himself out you know out of you know in the in the end he was exhausted anyways but Hermanson is moving around on top of him from freaking half guard to side control to mount just all over. He looked like just, you know, he could move wherever he wanted and he was doing big time damage. And that's the second time in a row that Edmund has been damaged badly by his opponent, taking big shots, and he's leaving big chunks of himself in that octagon. At 22? he had 22,
1: 23 years of age, crazy. Yep. There's no reason to rush this person. I, I actually had this conversation with Jaleel Willis. I said, "Hey, like I, he's he's got a couple more fights left on his contract." I said, "Just take your time, okay? Try yeah. the fights that you can right now, you know, and and uh, you know, and get ready to fight the best guys maybe in your next contract negotiation." You know what I mean? So if that's the case, with right now he's coming off, you know, two losses. And you're yeah. coming off two losses, and don't get me wrong. Derek Brunson, Hermanson are tough; they're top of the food chain, and they've been there for a while. But there's just certain guys that just when you know they've got great top pressure, heavy pressure, you shouldn't be matching up against. You shouldn't want to fight them. You should say no to those fights, or you. Those should, are the guys no. you push down the line. Yes, those are the ones that you know if if you lack the grappling, which you maybe are good on the ground, but when you give up positions, you I could tell when he um Hermanson had the crucifix on him he had no idea how to get out well hold, hold bridging on bridging and flopping
0: hold around. it hold it when Hermanson put the crucifix on him it was because edmund stuck his
1: arm between his legs i saw i actually saw that
0: i'm like oh my god are you kidding me
1: yeah yeah it was it's <clears throat> look it, there's no doubt he's good on the feet there's no doubt he's young and he's talented but his fight iq right now when he hits the ground it's just not there and you're not going to get it by fighting the, the top five or top six, seven guys. You need to slow your row a little bit. And like I said, go back to that Brad Tavares level of guys. <clears throat> and I'm not saying Kelvin Gastelum is that person. But what I'm saying is that Kelvin's a smaller 185 pounder. But the one thing that you also lack is conditioning in that third round. You looked exhausted going into that third round. That's because you got wrestled to death, you know, in the, in the second round. But Gaslam's gonna do the same shit and Gaslam's not gonna get tired. Okay, he is someone that just does not get tired. He just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. He's gonna touch you up on the feet. He's gonna mix it up. He's gonna make an MMA fight. He is gonna be, I think, a little bit faster than you in terms of like coming in and he's gonna change the levels a little bit more. He's gonna make it a dog fight. And so and then when you're always kind of wondering what he's gonna do, it's gonna slow you down, which is gonna make Gaslam faster than you. But I don't think you take that fight right now either. You've got to you've got to yeah like you've got to get a win. Yes. Fight somebody. Fight somebody else. Get your confidence back on track cuz you're not ready you're not ready for the big boys yet. I mean, there's nothing against you. You have the no. skill, but you're not you're you're young. You're young. You're 22 years old. This is why they this is why promotions some promotions, this is why they slow play you. You know, he's he's fighting a couple you know, give him a couple give him three or four fights, you know? Look what they did with Connor. They slow played him for a while, you know, and then when they did bring him up.
0: Well, I don't know about
1: that. Well, uh-
0: okay, for <sighs> Connor's first fight in the UFC, and look, he had been a, a, a I want to say cage warriors, yeah, okay. two-weight champion, featherweight and lightweight. So, you know, I'd watched Connor back then, but when he first came in, he had Marcus Brimage. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was them giving you know, a fight, but his next fight was Max Holloway
1: oh uh, that's hollow
0: right. that's right that's right i forgot
1: about, I forgot about the max fight and,
0: and i was like oh and i and personally at the time i was like well this was gonna say a lot and i was i was astounded at what connor was able to do in that fight giving max problems and then then they went back to and it was diego Brandao. and i was like all right they're kind of slow they're, they're they're dropped that level which kind of surprised me but they needed someone for a fight and they needed him to look good because that one was in i believe that one was in uh Ireland. yeah yeah and so you know it was you know his first guy they gave him you know someone i thought yeah they're they're, they're trying to move him along and then they gave him max holloway i was
1: like ooh, yeah they so, yeah, gave him Dustin Play after that too after yeah. that fight so yeah i mean you know he, so he's fought he's fought guys but they were all really young at that at that age but what i'm saying with shabazzian right he's just got he's got to go back to the winning ways give him somebody else
0: and they're also giving him guys with a lot of experience. Yeah. Derek Brunson has made big mistakes in some of his fights, but he's, you know, there's a lot of experience there. And he's learned from that experience, which has only made, and he's a man. Yeah. I know that I'm not, I know this is not nice, but at 23 years of age for Edmund, you're just coming into those levels. You're just starting them where this guy's been Adam and he's got, you know, just a different mentality based upon all the things that he's gone through it's just different, man. You know, it's it's rare to get a young young guy that can be in those dogfights with that veteran guy that's had all that experience and come out on top. It once he can't get him, you know, out of the fight real fast based upon how fast and slick they are.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. So I mean, I've I fully admitted that the next fight, Ricardo Ramos and Bill Al- Algio. I missed, I missed i missed the fight because i was coaching one of my guys perfect tournament yeah so I, I missed the fight i caught like glimpses of it i caught a little bit of the first round and i saw the end result so i missed that fight so john's going to talk about it a little bit more in depth
0: you know I, I in that fight i really uh very impressed by and it's not ramos it's hummus okay. is the way they're pronouncing it so i'll say Hummos. I'm really impressed with his overall game because i really like bill Algio. bill came into the ufc you know, I'd seen him on the, uh, regional circuit before, but he came in, he, he was against Ricardo Lamas and put on a great performance really did. He had, he had Lamas hurt in that, um, that fight during time. So really had a great performance. He ends up losing the decision, but had nothing, you know, to feel bad about came, you know, sp- spike Carlisle, he ate him alive in another decision. And this one was a great fight. They It was a very entertaining fight back and forth, but it was just that Bill was losing just the major moments of the fight. He would land shots, and then he would get hit with a shot, he'd get taken down. Uh, just Hamos just was the smarter uh, fighter able to apply what he wanted to do in the fight more often than Bill. And, you know, very entertaining fight, good fight. I don't think it drops... Uh, you know, Senor perfecto i love that name with uh, Algier. i don't think it drops him down anymore with the ufc i think he's going to be in that same spot that he was at he just needs to kind of just think about his technique and what he's doing at times in opening up and how tight he should be at times compared to what he is but it was a it was a really it was it was actually a closer fight than it looked yeah. it's just that you know bill kind of lost almost like every round just by a little bit
1: yeah the, those, they, we have those fights, you know, like yeah. said, we were talking about with the Austin and Fabian fight. Like yep. Fabian was losing the fight. I mean, the third round he lost a lot, but the, he was losing the fight. But like you just know if they get back to the feet, the fight could end at any moment. So you, he lost, but it can still happen. Yep. And so those are the kind of fights and the fighters that you want to have. Uh, to me, Norma Dumont, she looked fast. She looked like she had some power in her hands. And Felicia Spencer had no answer for her on the feet. I know it was a split decision, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been. I thought. I thought Dumont won two rounds at least. Clearly, clearly. Yeah. And so, um, don't get me wrong. I like. I've always liked. I like Felicia Spencer. I like her. What ah. uh I just I, that I thought Dumont dominated the positioning. I, that's a fight. I mean, that does kind of interest me now. Like her and maybe uh, Amanda Nunes. Yeah, that fight gonna, I know I get what you're saying, but I'm not saying it needs to be next. What I'm saying, though, is that, like, we're talking about there's not a lot of people at 145. I could see it happening. If you want to keep your champion happy because she doesn't want to cut back down to 35, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and, you know, maybe talk about that fight next. You know, I mean, or after. I think she has one more. She has a fight right now. She's already lined up for Amanda, as I believe. Um, But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think... I thought Norma,
0: the one thing that really impressed me about Norma was she made Felicia fight her fight, the fight that she planned for, the one that she wanted. You know, she was, it was just speed in the hands and on the feet and a tighter stand-up game overall. You know, she, she ended up taking uh, Spencer down. Um, I don't think she liked it. You know, she got good, you know, good position. She had heavy hips in, in areas at times on top, but started to get to that, like, I don't like it down here, and she got herself back up. And uh, she, I thought she clearly won the fight, but I don't think she's ready for Amanda Nunes. This no, is, but- again, I take a look, and she's a good fighter, and, and I think that Felicia Spencer's a good fighter. But it's the, similar to what I was saying about, you know, the, the entire lineup. You know, Bellator's got a great lineup of featherweights. They're just not at the level to beat the one at the top. And I think it's the same thing for Norma when it comes to Amanda.
1: I'm okay let me let me rephrase what I was saying. go I like that she won and she beat Felicia Spencer in terms of now it adds a new name that we weren't thinking about, and that's what I meant like like yeah. i'm not, she's ready to fight her now and, and she probably will never be ready, but you know what I mean like. But it it just adds another name of saying, you know what? We could potentially have her fight, Amanda, you know, with another win, whoever she fights next. I mean, but she wants to go back down to 35. She only went up to 45 to fight Felicia Spencer. I'm like, stay where you're at. Stay at, stay at 45, you know? if
0: Well, there's, but there's not a lot of fights further. She beat what? Ashley Evans-Smith the last time. And she did a great job in beating Ashley. And again, Ashley trying to take her down, couldn't take her down. She uh just, you know, peppered her on the stand-up and, and got the got the
1: win. But you know There's nothing there if you're in the UFC yeah, but other look, than Amanda. Yeah, but they've gotta have fighters. They've got to have fighters getting ready for her at that weight. Otherwise you've got thirty-five pounders coming up to forty-five, and that's not fair either. Let's just let her establish her weight at 45 and have other girls that are there. Like there are girls, but they've got to they've gotta have a division. They don't even have it in the on their rankings. There's no one. Nothing. There's Amanda and there's no one below. They got nothing. Yeah. I, but I'm saying though, is that like at least put Dumont in that weight class now, along with Felicia Spencer, put them there, like sh- showing that there is somebody there. It just looks really bad. Like, there's no <laughs> one. Up it's just like, okay, it just looks like they, it looks like they, they have two pictures up there and they just, um. it's almost like a mistake. Like they fucked up and put no, her up, the, up there for <laughs> the champ champs. They got to have her picture twice. Yeah, I know, but you got to put a, a, a people below her showing who they only have two fighters. No, it's horrible. They got
0: you know, they, 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 and, and honestly, not, Nor- Dumont is not. So you got one. You got Felicia. They got rid of Megan. Or Megan.
1: Yeah. Anyways.
0: All right. All right. Okay. Um. Did you see Ben Rothwell and Chris Barnett?
1: I did not. I did not. I saw clips of it. I saw.
0: Have you ever seen War of the
1: Gargantuous? <laughs> <laughs> oh man Ben uh, big, these guys move just as fast. Ben is so big. he is all the finish that's all I saw uh,
0: I yeah the, I mean the finish that was called a guillotine yeah you know what it Jesus was. Christ oh it's- God damn it if you don't know what the hell and this is not Bruce buffer's fault even though I would love to attack Bruce and say Bruce I can't believe you didn't know Bruce buffer gets the information from the referee referee is supposed to know what kind of submission happens. That is your job. If you're not knowing, it's okay. I'm not going to say anything. Ask the fighter. What was that? Okay, because it's possible you don't know. But to call something something it's not is a mistake on your part. Okay, that means that you, you, you have uh, such an ego or something that you can't ask. You know, ask. If you don't know, ask. That's a go-go. That's Ben Rothwell's move. That's what he got Josh Barnett out with. All right. He's done it a couple times here and it's like, know the move. It just drives me crazy.
1: John, you seem like you're riding Mark Smith a little hard.
0: I'm not riding Mark Smith as a referee. He did a great job. If you don't know the submission, don't call it something because here's the problem with it. And this is why I get all tweaked as an official. You should be, if you have an idea of what a show that you're going to be doing, you look and you see the people that are on that show. And then if you don't know somebody or you don't know something about a fight that's possibly you could be doing, you start to, you know, look at those fights and you see, well, you know what, this guy's got a tendency. He likes to go to a darts choke. This guy likes to go to, you know, he, he's always getting the back and, and getting uh, uh, a rear naked choke. This guy likes to go for knee bars. This guy likes to use an eminari roll. All of that stuff is information that can help you. Well, if you're the one that puts out, it's a guillotine when it's not. Now I look it up and I say, oh, this guy likes to go for guillotines. He's got a couple of, look at all the guillotines and they're not guillotine jokes. You're not helping your fellow, your fellow officials. You're, you're making life hard on them just because you're being in that position where you're calling something that you don't know. If you don't know, ask. That's a pretty simple thing. I'm not, I'm not trying to be hard on him, but there's always going to be something that we don't know. We're human. So if you don't know, don't be this person that's got to act like you do. Ask. You made Bruce Buffer look stupid, calling out guillotine. It's not Bruce, Bruce's fault. It's yours. Now, like when I had Charles Oliveira against I want to say Eric Wisely, and he puts him in a beautiful back seated calf slicer, right? And Bruce comes up and goes, you know, Johnny, what was that? I said it was a calf slicer. A what? A calf slicer, a calf lock, calf slicer. Okay. Winner by submission. That's all he says. <laughs> and then it's on Bruce.
1: Yeah.
0: But other than that, like you're supposed to give that man the right information. And, and you do it for all your other officials. It's just something that should be done.
1: John, you sound a little salty towards Mark Smith, buddy. Not salty <laughs> like, at all, like, baby. That's like not it's it. It's job or something. I'm just trying to. <laughs> it is his job. John, John, I'm giving you a fucking hard time, of
2: course. <laughs> I thought you were all ready, about it. I thought you had a break in a Biggie small song. Like, uh, no. if you
1: don't know, now you know. <laughs> if you don't know. <laughs> Anyways. um, But you were talking about the um Ben Rothwell fight and how big they were. But how about Jared Vanderveer or Vera or whatever? It was. It was-, that was taffa like these guys were throwing some heat, oh, and Jared was just had the output. It was impressive for a big guy. It was Jared kept walking him down, walking him down, throwing a ton of punches, kicks, everything. Some of the knees landed. I was like, wow, for a big guy, you're fucking moving right along. I was impressed because when you see big guys, I've seen eighty five pounder Trevor Prangley being one of my best friends. Fucking never, never trained, ne- never was always in great shape, but in the fight, never looked like it.
0: <laughs>
1: For a guy this size to have that kind of output, you guys have to understand it's very impressive. Very it was. Impressive.
0: In fact, that's what beat Justin Taffa. Yeah. You know, it was just that he was able to, first off, he was able to accept good shots and, and continue on, but he tired you know, Justin Taffa out with his output. Justin actually slowed down as far as his offense because he was tired based upon having to try to block and and deal with what Vandero was doing. So, yeah, it was for a heavyweight fight, it's exactly what you want. They were both in there slinging, they were, you know, going after it. Uh there was blood, you know, that that little cut on the side of his head it actually bled a lot and stuff, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a bad cut, but uh I, for heavyweights, that they, they were going and that's that's what you expect and that's what you appreciate when it happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I liked it because like you said, for heavyweights, both of them had a lot of output. Toffa was just, he was you could tell the reach was a problem. And then the way that uh, Jared was mixed up the kicks, head kicks, body kicks, leg kicks, I and mean, he was doing everything really well. And every time Toffa came in, he kind of dipped his head and then Jared grabbed his head and tried to knee him. So nope. he, he, he mixed it up very well. His, his attacks were mixed up pretty well. This little tiny cut little tiny thing man yeah just bleeding <laughs> oh man it's, it happens it's like dave once a month just oh, <laughs> oh. podcast dave <laughs> oh that's great all right so uh you know what carla it to me probably performance of the night i swear to god she is
0: she cracks me up and i've seen it every time i've ever watched her fight anytime i ever refereed her she looks like she's going to an execution Her execution when she walks in the cage, she look. I've never seen a fighter who every time she has never got a smile on her face. She is never happy to be there. She looks like this is the end. She's got that blank look of fear. And then she comes out and she has the performance that she has. I go, she just is, you know what? She amazes me what she's able to just, okay, I'm turning it on and going because Take a look at her. If they if they have a photo of her when they're when she's getting announced, and then she'll put her hand up, almost like she's embarrassed to put her hand up, like you know, when Bruce yeah. says her name, and then she comes out. Man, she dominated Jan.
1: Dominated her. Oh, it was. <laughs> yeah, she 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 from 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 the very first takedown. It was dominant. Oh. Very first takedown. Very look at her. Look at that face. I wish you guys- She's being executed, <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, Look it up on you guys. You guys will see her, her entrance or where she's sitting in the cage and, and Buffer's announcing her. She has no expression on her face. She's just looking at her opponent and she just realized she's at the gauntlet and now ready to be executed.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the guillotine is there. It's just a matter of them sliding her into it. Oh, man. Look at her, put the hand up. No, nothing, just, you know, nothing. I'm, I I can't believe I'm here. How did, how did this happen? Thought <laughs> and then about she that goes that out and does myself it.
1: Myself when I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> like shit like how do i fucking end up in this position and yon's Jan, got that look she's bouncing she's got that
0: you know, head movement back and forth she's looking and it's like oh my god carla are, are you kidding me is is this and then all of a sudden goes but goes into a beautiful takedown transitions nice chain wrestling gets her to the ground dominates her on the top i was like she just is she's amazing to i love carla she's a sweetheart of a person you know she's got really good wrestling and she's tenacious with it but man carla you got to smile when you walk in the cage please for me just a beautiful girl too oh i know tell me you want to be there please because you have me scared to death every
1: time yeah she's nasty man i mean i don't know i i I always i always wonder about her because she uses a ton of energy in her wrestling and though when you know when she fought um joanna way back when i think when she lost oh, that would... yeah but she just she had no she had no answer like once the wrestling didn't work she had no answer yes she, you know she's been working a lot on her stand up and we didn't see a whole lot of it in this fight because she didn't have to use it because her wrestling's so damn good but um but she's gotta she's gotta continue to get better on the feet because i think if she's gonna make that she, i mean she's got a case i guess maybe to be next
0: oh she's already beaten you know she's got to win against rose that's how she won the title yeah think about it they had that show with uh you know Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey as the the coaches.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's how she won the title. She was the person that you know held that title first, and that's the person that she beat her. You know, I remember it was we had the Ultimate Fighter, and uh, I was there, and I was I, was, I actually thought Rose was going to win that fight. Didn't win it, man. Carla just dominated her.
1: Damn. Well, be good for a fight. I mean, I thought she had a great performance, good stuff by her. I but she does have a case for her to get back up there into that title. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, talk about it. Let's go. Let's talk go. about okay. it. Let's fucking go, John. I told you. Oh, um, <laughs> you know what John was talking about earlier about Mark Smith? If you don't know something, being an asshole. It, you just, you know, <laughs> be an ass. John has he has a tendency sometimes. Look, it the speed belonged to Cody. The wrestling yeah. belonged to Cody. I think he put too much pressure on himself to get the takedowns. He he did a great job of getting takedowns in the earlier rounds. But when you're not used to doing it as much as you used to when you were younger, it's exhausting. And not only do when you get the takedowns, you need to control the position. You don't need to pass. You, can, you don't need to do those things. He kept trying to pass, and Rob kept trying to get up. You know what I mean? So there's a lot of things that he could have done better that he just didn't do. And so, I don't know. I don't know. It just... Well, there was
0: there was things that impressed me with Cody, as far as you know. You know, we had talked, and if you remember, there was that moment where you said, "I think Rob's fast and I go, no, "No, no, no, no!" And I did my little thing because, yeah, Cody's fast. Yeah. He is really fast, but I thought Rob had more power. And I, I will give it; he touched Cody a lot, and he he ate all those shots, and he kept himself in the fight. You know, he was, I think, you know, being tired was a big part of his inability to stop some of the things that was happening and it slowed his offensive output down. But in the, even in the fifth round, look, he came out to fight and Rob fought a beautiful fight, smart fight overall, you know, took his time, did not get into bad positions with him, but kept putting just shots and he wasn't trying to knock him out with a big shot. He was just trying to touch him. Yeah. And that was the big difference. He was able to touch him a lot and just, Cody getting tired and I I do think part of it was, you know, maybe it is that, you know, when you don't wrestle a lot and then you do, it does tire you out. There's a difference. Same as if you're a wrestler and you don't stand up and fight, you know, and then you have to. It's
1: exhausting. Yeah. Like, but here, John, Cody was the faster fighter, but the speed didn't play as much a factor because Rob had a six or seven inch reach advantage. Yeah. Is what they were talking about. So I don't know. if you pull it up and see what his reach advantage was? But it, it was a lot. So they were they were talking, I believe it was like, a, it was. they said six inches. Anyways, regardless, it was the speed. It's harder to get in and close that distance when you're when you're, you don't have the advantage on the reach. So your speed's there, but getting in is not. Now his wrestling was on point. I was like, damn, he was he's a way better wrestler than I ever gave him credit for. I knew he had good takedowns and I had seen him use them several times. But it was the control on top once he got there. He almost felt like it almost when I was watching almost felt like he felt nervous down there. Or he just didn't have the control. Or he was a little bit of that Darian Caldwell. <laughs> wanted to hold him yeah. and not do a whole lot of damage. And when he did posture up, he gave too much space. Well which I'm cost sure. him uh six inches. six inches. Yeah.
0: You know, and that's what that's what we talk about, you know, when we talk about that grappling situation. Close equals control while space equals escape. And you as the person in the top position, you've got to manage that of how much space do I give to the point where I can maintain that control, but I've got to at least get something so I can at least, you know, do some damage by creating a space that allows me to hit with some power.
1: Yeah. Where does Cody go from here? Dude, take a look at his age. Take a look at his age young he's 26 29, 29 how old is he just pulling up here 20 29 he's got 29
0: years old he's still on the downside of 30 he's got a lot of years left
1: he's got at least four or five at least he's 30. got
0: a lot of years because he is fast he still has power he can wrestle He just needs to just hone in you know what made him what he was coming up and that confidence you know josh you talk about it all the time he had one win let's be honest okay the one win and it was you know spectacular knockout but it was one win and yeah that helps but it's not the same as being on that two three four fight win streak oh i know yeah so
1: he just needs to get some wins yeah but i think also too that you know rob's been active you know cody has not been active
0: exactly and he also get you know he was sick with the covid thing and he had problems and
1: yeah, I mean, like they were saying, he had blood clots. I didn't know he had blood clots. I knew he had like some some respiratory issues, and he was struggling to, you know, get back to his condition, his cardio, like some of the, some athletes have had in the past um, with when they got COVID. But he had, apparently had some blood clots. Whether it was in his legs, I don't know. Um, but he you could tell; like he just didn't seem like he had the same energy that he normally has. Uh, like when he fought Dom and we fought other fighters, he seemed like he had more energy then. I don't know. I think he's I think like you said, he's. He's under thirty years old. He's got plenty of time to make another run. And losing to someone who's been an active fighter, you coming off the COVID situation, I'm not ready to count him out. I think also no. too people wanted to people wanted to say, oh, his chin's gone. His chin is not fucking gone. God He's- no, man. A head kick right to the fucking face, and I was like, <laughs> holy shit, you're still standing. Yep. I mean, he. I I. I said this last week on our show. His loss to Pedro Munoz and his loss to TJ uh, Dillashaw, his loss is the reason why because he stood in the fucking same position, didn't move anything, and threw the same punch three times in a row. What do you think was going to happen? The guy finally beat you to the punch and knocked you out, but you got rocked. You decided to do that after you got rocked, you know. So you don't you got to move, and he did that in this fight. He got hit and he circled and moved. I thought I think Mark Henry has him on the right track. Yep. Um. He's got him on the right track. He's got to work more of the the positioning in terms of his wrestling. He's got to work on learning how to relax from that top. He wanted to sit up and do a lot of damage. He gave too much space. But like I said, new coaches, um, new training, all that stuff. It's there's a lot to process. It's going to take a couple fights, you know, for him to get into the groove of of working with new teammates. He gets everything, learning, you know, the things that you were lacking that you had when you won the title. You didn't realize you had hey, you were lacking those positions because you were winning, and then now, like with the with a fight like this with the Rob Font situation, you you have to understand. Like, sure your takedowns were on point, but it makes you tired. So you got to make sure you pick and choose when you're going to use those takedowns. And when you get to the top position, it's not always about doing damage. Sometimes it's about controlling them, making them tired, slowing them down, you know, and just making them carry your weight, do the work, the small chopping elbows. Don't create so much space so they have a chance to get back up. I thought Rob Font fought a good fight. Um, you know, but the problem is he's going to be on the, he's going to be waiting around for a little bit because you got Cody Sanhagen and uh, TJ Dillashaw that are fighting next. And the winner of that is going to probably get a title shot before Rob Font does.
0: Yeah, I would say that uh, Peter Jan's going to get a title shot before any of them. <laughs> oh, that's true. I didn't Peter, even- Peter Jan's going to get a, uh, a definite title shot. Uh, you can take a look in uh, Corey's. Is- He's sitting in that position he's right there for it but uh, yeah the one thing i i thought you said that was absolutely true mark henry has been good for cody or somebody has because where cody lost those fights against tj and against pedro was when he got hit he bit down on his mouthpiece he set his feet and he started slinging mm-hmm. and you cannot do that and you watched he got hurt against rob font and he moved he circled out he gained space all of that smart fighting and that's the difference between you staying in the fight and having an opportunity to come back and land your own and win or you know taking a coin and flipping it up in the air and it comes up and it's you know it's not heads it's tails you lost again and now you're getting knocked out so yeah. what mark Henry's doing with him or whoever great job he's being much smarter he's not doing the things that cost him those knockouts and that's why he's showing that he does have a chin. He can take that shot because it's always the ability to take that one shot mm-hmm. and then you prove that, you know what, you're smart enough to get away from taking that second and third shot and now you're back in the fight. All
1: right, guys. Well, hey, why don't you uh, hit up mybookie.ag, use the promo code in, and um, as Big John would tell you, they give you a plethora of money. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. They give you a plethora. And they're not, they're
0: not going to give you a
1: plethora. Plethora is give- a lot give you a little bit of extra He'll give you a little bit though give you a little bit of spending well it's the busy parts yeah, yeah yeah all right well hey hit up mybookie.ag use the promo code wayne in and uh, you guys can bet on some of the upcoming fights you've got uh and also do you have the nba um
0: nhl uh, that's yeah. where you want to go the nhl playoffs the stanley cup
1: that's the place to make None it. of those bets feel safe, to be honest. Like all, all, the, all the games have gone into overtimes. It's just crazy. Oh, it's crazy. They've been awesome, though. Yeah, they've been great, man. They've been really good. All right, what else? Let's um, get into some news, buddy. Give us some news.
2: <laughs> so, um, first piece of news was just the an announcement this week that Manny Pacquiao will take on uh, Errol Spence uh, on August 21st. Yeah, that's a mistake.
1: Yeah, that's a huge mistake. Big mistake. Yep. Yeah. It, we, I know it might be his retirement fight.
2: Oh.
0: It's going to be his retirement fight.
1: Yeah, Spencer. I'm
0: so, I'm just saying it right now. I love Manny Pacquiao. He's awesome. He's an awesome person. Uh he's not going to win that fight.
1: Yeah, I don't see how he wins it. I know I know. Look. I <laughs> I shouldn't be <have laughs> using that term. I didn't see how Chandler we was going to lose either, but <laughs> no. Uh, I don't I don't see I mean Manny Pacquiao is he's slowed down a tiny bit. And in that way division you need to make sure your speed stays on tack um you know he's, he is southpaw he does pose threats but his style hasn't changed a whole lot you know he's um you know what is he 42 now
3: yeah some he's guy. somewhere
1: up there he's up there in age and so um and earl spence is a fucking animal just a sav 42 years old i mean he's just a savage so i mean earl spence fast gonna be probably just as fast if not faster than him he's longer him. yeah he's long i said touch him go ahead and say, go ahead, it, say baby. it, baby. Long and lanky, baby. Long, there you go. And lanky. Long and lanky. I don't know is, he, is is Earl Spence tall though. No, he's not real tall. No, nah, because I mean <laughs> that,
0: that weight class. How tall can you really be? But as far I, as his, his reach over, uh,
1: he's five ten. Oh wow, that is tall. Shit, he is tall. Let's go and say it. Tall, long and lanky, baby. That a baby in boxing? Those are key. those are key. Oh, oh they <laughs> are key. Yes, they are key to the success. Um, for those of you guys that were laughing at me when I said that uh Michael Channel was five six, go and take a picture, go and look at it on the Instagram with TJ Dillashaw and him standing side by side. He's five six motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so great. There's a picture of the two of them trading at the training lab out of the garage, and they're together, and I'm thinking to myself, Yeah, bro, you guys are both five six. <laughs> Someone tagged me and it's a it's a picture from a while back. But yeah, they're they're funny. Yeah, he's only he's only about five six. He might be five seven. Anyways, um, well, I mean that's I mean look, I'm excited to watch Pacquiao fight, but this could be a fight. Yeah. Earl Spence Earl Spence gonna touch him up. Uh, there's could be some potential of him being knocked out. So,
0: well, they were talking about what it was supposed to be what McGregor against Pacquiao. So mm-hmm. Pacquiao, was looking at. Well, that's a smart fight for Manny Pacquiao, Manny. Yeah. What happened to the smart fight, man?
1: What I don't understand is why didn't they just have McGregor fight him? Like they, they, I, they, like they felt like they, like McGregor felt like he had to get the, the fight in with Dustin, and that that caused this whole situation to happen. But I don't know. I, I I would have, I would have rather have seen you know a forty-two year old Pacquiao fight Conor McGregor than than to see a forty-two year old Pacquiao fight Earl Spence. Yeah. So just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, All right. What else you got for us?
2: Um, Paul Felder comes out and announces his retirement from MMA.
1: Good for Paul. Uh, you know, what? first
0: off, Paul has been an outstanding representative for MMA. He's a great representative for the UFC. Uh, he fought his ass off every time that he fought. That's what I loved about Paul Felder. Paul Felder went out and put it on the line. He he never backed down. He always tried to finish fights. You know, he just, you know, he, he may not have gotten it done all the time, but can't ask anything more from a guy when he steps inside of the cage than what Paul Felder was bringing as far as entertainment and doing what he could. Uh, He's an outstanding commentator. He knows the sport. And if like, you know, we talk all the time, if you're not all the way in, get out. And he wasn't all the way in. He's more into being Nick Diaz and being a triathlete. And that's great. I have no problem with that. If that's where your interest lies, you're doing the right thing. Congratulations on a on a very 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 good career. You know, I know you didn't reach that champion status, and very few people do. It's not an easy thing to attain, but you you did it. You did it well, and congratulations on your retirement.
1: Yeah, I can't say enough. And honestly, it wasn't towards the end of his career until I started really enjoying watching his fights. And I know that's kind of where he um, started to be like more on the down spiral of it. You could tell that he mentally wasn't in it as much. But it, honestly. Th- I became more of a fan listening to him be a commentator and I was listening to him really closely last night and he gives a lot of substance to what he what he talks about and I love his breakdowns I love um I also love the way he does his post fight interviews he's someone that talks to them doesn't make it about him um I loved um what's his name um Jared Vandera, Vandera or whatever Vandara yeah Yeah. trying to make it about (laughs) that was to funny into. and and paul just kind of was like hey man let's let's talk about you i love guys like that he's fucking he's he's done such a great job in that role and uh he's phenomenal behind the mic he was f- absolutely Im- super impressive inside the cage and getting to that that upper that upper echelon of fighters those you know that two and three are potentially fighting for the title it's not easy, and for the guys that have been able to get there and get up to that top level and be there for so long, like, he's been there in that 5, 6 area, you know, for the longest time. But it's hard to stay there, you know, because you're those are the guys that are the hungriest in that between between 4 and, say, 9 and 10. Those are the hungriest fighters that are making their way up. And so he's, he's good, and, like, you know, his, his, his fight when he took uh, with uh, RDA – he took it on short notice fight. He didn't have to take that fight. You know, he could have maybe got the drive back. You know, in another way, or maybe prolonging it a little bit and gotten a fight where he could have got a you know a, a win. He didn't have to do that, and he did it because he's a company man, and he's he's uh he felt the, that that little bit of fitness. You know, that he was that fitness he was working on for his triathlons was gonna push him through. I mean, there is a difference though. People need to understand that there's a difference between being a triathlon and uh, a triathlete. And in training in MMA, the grappling, the wrestling, all those things, they take it out of you. You know, and the stand-up will take it out of you as well if you only grapple and wrestle. But he's hes a dog, man. Like, he is one of those guys that you knew you were going to get a good fight. You knew he was going to stand there in front of you he was going to let you have it. And his fo- his fight with Hooker, I still think, was f- fucking just an absolute phenomenal fight because his eyes swelled up in the first round and he actually got stronger as the fight went on. I, I mean, thought he won the fight. Yeah, I had Hooker winning, but it was close. And I, honestly, if they would have gave it to Felder, I wouldn't have gave him a shit. I wouldn't have gave him a shit. I'd have been like, okay, I get it. And I actually, to be honest, when I look back at it now, I probably would have gave it to Felder now just based on the fact that like he was the one that finished the fight stronger and i know it's a 10-9 must system but in that type of fight i would put it more into a into like a pride style judging system where i judge the fight in the entirety of where he took the most damage in the first round and by the fifth by the fourth and fifth round he was running away with the fight mm-hmm. so i probably would have judged it that way but when i was watching it at home thinking i was like oh okay I said, you know, Hooker's done more of the damage, and so that's probably why I gave it to uh, Hooker at the time. Both both <laughs> of his fights against Barbosa. Oh, yep, nasty. You know, nasty. But him as a fighter, his as a competitor. But I'm really loving him as an announcer. You know, and so um, congratulations on a on a brilliant career. You know, an amazing career. Um, but I'm looking forward to hearing you. You know, call fights, man. Maybe we can uh, we can. Um, Put that other believe believe him you person that's on the show with you maybe could shove him out put you and D C together you know <laughs> <laughs> oh I love to give Bisbee a hard time bro oh wow. that's fun but I think I think they're great man you know Bisping last night was very good on the mic as well um, you know I think the two of them work really well together so good stuff next thing um there's a report
2: out that Kevin Lee will um, return against uh, undefeated welterweight Sean Brady.
1: go ahead
2: ahead, john not a good
0: decision not a good decision for kevin lee that's uh sean brady is good everywhere his stand-up is tight his ground game is tight his wrestling is good his submission game is actually really good that's uh that's a tough one you're coming back from an injury and stepping back in it's not easy man and it's you know i understand why they're looking at that fight um john brady you're a a bad man dude and if uh kevin lee can get past him put that first uh mark on that unblemished record that's that's a nice feather in the cap for kevin lee but that's a tough fight
1: ah go ahead say i'm wrong i don't just say i'm wrong no it's a tough fight it's a really tough fight um i don't think it's a fight that kevin lee can win
0: Okay, one I don't
1: see how you 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 there is.
0: I'm yeah. Well, obviously Kevin Lee can win. Kevin yeah. Lee's got power. You know anybody can
1: get hurt, but
0: the odds in that fight, they favor Sean Brady.
1: Yeah, yep, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I like look, look, Kevin. I've I've said this from a while back. He is, he's a great athlete. He just he he lacks a little. He actually has a little bit of that Darren Caldwell synd- syndrome. Where they tense up in certain moments, and then they just gas out. They get they get tired.
0: He's also stepping up in weight to fight yeah. to face Sean Brady. And he's how is he going to carry
1: that weight? Is
0: he That's I mean, coming off of a long layoff?
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a really, really tough fight for him. That's a really tough fight. I don't I don't know. I don't. But here's the if you put him in that 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 ten that top fifteen ranking system, I don't know who else he would fight. You know, Bilal Muhammad, walk him down and put so much pressure on him. He, you you're know, saying as a welterweight? Yeah. As a or welterweight, as a lightweight? You no, know, as a welterweight. Like, there's no one in that top 15 that I see, like, a, the I mean, Robbie Lawler, but you're not going to put your former champion against him, against Kevin Lee. You know, I'm um, just being from, from a promotional standpoint. You know, Put him against Chimaev. <sighs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. that's you, know say. You, you don't know what you're going to get with Chimaev either when he comes back. Yeah, to, I that yeah, I do. I know what I'm going to get with him. You know, um that dude's a savage. Is Damian Mai even still fighting? You know, Jeff Neal coming off a loss. Maybe you have Jeff Neal in him, but Jeff's gonna touch him up.
0: Jeff Neal's got power in his
1: hand. Yeah. I don't know, man. I it's I think he's better off at one fifty five, but I don't think he wants to make that weight anymore. So he's kind of that tweener. You know, the sixty five would probably be the the weight class for him. So hey, good luck though. I'm a big fan of Kevin Lee. Yeah, good you luck, know, absolutely. I don't Just, think it's a good fight, good matchup for him. Next one.
2: Uh, Just our last piece of news for today um, is Diego Sanchez announcing that um, he's ending his professional relationship with Joshua Fabia.
0: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Sorry. (laughs) Uh, I mean... I don't don't know who uh, put some sense into Diego, but thank you, whoever
2: you are. And uh, interestingly, um, this is a quote uh, from... Um, From Diego Sanchez, uh, his attorney says any power of attorney that Fabia had has been rescinded, terminated. So that's an interesting point as well. That's a crazy statement when you say power of attorney.
1: Yeah,
0: why would you have? Why would he have any power of attorney? Why would Diego sign that over to him? (laughs) But again, you know, this is where a lot of people looked and said he's almost like -like, cult-like status as far as his. Yeah minds with uh diego and the way diego believed in him and stuff but it's uh i don't know i i don't first the whole thing makes me sick i'm yeah. just being as as honest as i can be with it diego's a good person obviously he's at the end of his career um we were talking you said you think the USC takes him back that's not going to happen the ufc's not going to take him back you know, they may try to help him a little bit more. They may try to, you know, do something for him, but they're not taking it back. He will be in their Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in their Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Uh, he's been that kind of, uh, you know, fighter and employee for him. As far as the fights that he's put on, he's always gone out there and just tried to put on wars. Uh, except kind of in the end when this Joshua Fabius—something about the name Josh—I don't get you need it. You to shut your <laughs> fucking <laughs> mouth. <home now. laughs> Your you shut up. your horn oh, i love it dude. oh man I, can, I said i can it use too. i can use this one forever oh, forever baby yeah but uh i just don't uh i i don't know where it was that uh diego saw something in this fraud because he's a fraud mm. uh, but you know they're these guys are out there man and I, I see him in all kinds of things and we see him in in, in martial arts all the time the phonies you know the the people that, you know, oh, I'm the McDojos. human laser, The McDojos, exactly. Oh, I've got a death touch. Come here. I'll tell you what. I'll let you touch me once I get to touch you once. We'll see who dies. <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest. You look and you go, stop. Yeah. You know, that shit. You know, the, the one thing I loved about when MMA came up and is, you know, it, it put all of these fucking frauds out in the pasture for a long time. And then every now and then they try to sneak back in. But all their bullshit about what they could do and everything, it all got fucking put to fucking uh, the test, and it all failed. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I can remember, and I, it was, um, I don't remember where Mickey Gall and Diego fought, but uh, they they that was the only, I guess you want to say, uh, win, you know, true win that uh, Diego got uh, was against Mickey when he had Joshua Fabia in his corner. But, uh, you know, they, uh, they had that fight and uh, the, the, uh, the athletic commission called me and said, uh, hey, we, we got a you know, this guy's saying that he's taught a death punch, you know, and there's nothing against it in the unified rules. And we looked and they, excuse me, they go, he's right. And I go, there's no such thing as a death punch. I said, don't, I, I said, whoever that guy is, he's a fucking moron shouldn't even allow the corner that's exactly what i said i said what you should do is say oh you taught him something like that okay give me your license you're out i said tell him go go away because he's full of shit and he's trying to create something there that is bullshit i said look i'm not telling you there cannot be a death punch it's happened in boxing a lot because people can die from getting punched in the head i go but there is no specific technique that yes or you hit somebody with this it's you know that's it it's all over no dim mac doesn't happen there's no death touch there's no death punch dim that mac dude's that dude's nothing but a dip shit
3: <laughs> that
0: was my first fucking thing with whoever mr fabia was dim uh, mac. C- c- c-
1: <laughs> it's so great I love it. oh man god what a fucking knucklehead Okay, well, I'm glad that uh, Diego's away from him. And I don't know why you yep. have a power of attorney um, over Diego, which I, fucking baffles me. And if you're oh, mind boggling, we're allowed that to happen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, hey, well, I guess that's the end. That wraps up our uh, morning show. I know we're going to drop this a little bit late, but that's another reason for you guys to hit that little bell off to the bottom right hand corner and the subscribe button as well. Turn those, so you know, Honestly, so you guys know when we drop our show. Because if we- you don't know, you'll never know. Yeah, exactly. And then don't be like one of these people that, hey, when you guys hit us in the comment, I've been waiting for this all morning. Well... If you, like I was waiting to see when it would drop. Well, if you turn the bell on, you won't have to wait. It'll actually tell you when we are dropping. So go ahead and do that. Uh, Good point, Josh Thompson. All of our, on all of our audio platforms as well. We've got iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, all of them. Go ahead and hit the uh, subscribe button on there as well. Most of you guys are getting stuck in traffic now again these days. So listen to us instead of trying to watch us on YouTube. We appreciate you guys. Uh, and also ProWrestlingTees.com slash wane in. Use the promo code and Still for our new limited edition Memorial Day shirt, which is gonna be draw. It's it's already dropped, but it's gonna be pulled off on Memorial Day. So you gotta pick one up now. It's beautiful. Dave did a great job designing it. It says Memorial Day on there with the American flag. It says thank you also. Camo. Yeah, it's all instant camo. You guys gotta check it out. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Wayne In. Use the promo code. And still, baby, and still, yep, they're talking about us. Yep, uh, they're talking about us, John. That's uh, it. Anyway, Every time. What else you got? You know,
0: I just want to say one thing, Joshua Fabia. See ya.